0: in 2020 four men gathered around the table to sink their sweet savory lips
1: onto some bone some
2: bone covered in sauce
1: <laughs>
2: is my is, am I gonna blow my anus out <laughs>
3: music podcast done to you by Handbone Relay. I said that funny. Done to you by. Done to you. Uh, done to you by. One word. Done to you. Done to you. Uh, this is a podcast done by Handbone Relay where we talk about music that we love. We usually bring in artists and we like to have a discussion, an interview. We talk about what their history is like. Today we have a special edition of Top 10 with Handbone Relay. Where we talk about the top 10 records from the 70s with uh, Mark Brown, Luke and Jordan August, and myself. My name is Rob Tate. And we also have a special edition of Do Check This Out because Hambone Relay, a.k.a. Jordan August, has created a hot (laughs) sauce for Hambone Relay, which will be on sale at our merch tables coming to you this February. Um, Would you like to tell them more about these hot sauces that we will be selling?
0: I can. So I've concocted three hot sauces, starting from less hot to very hot first one called green lizard a jalapeno based green hot sauce the second one called funky sauce a red jalapeno and red chili hot sauce and the third the hottest of the sauces, called nasty sauce that's right and they will all be in glass bottles labels warnings for <laughs> sale really some at our problem. tables uh And they will come with a download for an exclusive Hambone Relay track Mm -hmm. that is only available to listen or stream through the QR code on the bottle. So not only are you getting hot sauce in a glass bottle, but it's coming with exclusive music.
3: Right. And we don't know what that is quite yet, but come to the merch tables near you uh, when we play your city, and uh, we'll let you in on what's on each bottle. But if you collect all three, you get all different music, all different hot sauce, hopefully
2: hell yeah <laughs> collect still, all three
3: collect all three bro and there'll That's be deals right. if you buy all three by the way these are in serious limited supply because jordan's been slaving away in his kitchen yeah, making these hot <laughs> yeah. but my small kitchen in fishtown of pennsylvania philadelphia I, I predict these hot sauces go within two months i bet they're gone because they're delicious and the bottles and the labels look awesome but anyway the whole point of this is we have we have wings in front of us, and we have a bunch of different hot sauces, including one of ours. Um, which hot sauce is this one? Is yeah, this that's one? the one. That's the nasty sauce. Or right, we got the nasty sauce in the middle. If you go to our Instagram, yeah. at Hambone Relay, you can see a picture of all the hot sauces that we were eating here. So we're,
0: we're kind of doing a, a hot ones, a hot ones very Yeah, you know, kind of the same thing. So we have some of the hot ones sauces. We have some other stuff that I've collected, and our hottest one you know, in the mix Okay. um this this one's a, a local one right hank sauce is is that new jersey or is that philadelphia i think i don't know i actually. think it's it's i jersey? think it's from jersey it's it's a local guy he's at farmer's markets and uh the chowder fest he's from uh yeah he's from sea isle new jersey he's down oh, cool. he's down the shore
2: oh that might be more so we're starting we're starting with, with the weakest one here yeah so this is the yeah.
3: tiger sauce guy right. tiger okay. sauce original and then we're each do our uh, number 10 off of our uh Top 10 of the uh, 1970s albums. Um, let's see. Let's get our wings, gentlemen. By the way, Mark cooked these wings. They look delicious, and uh, I'm excited about this. This is the best idea we've had, <laughs> right? We're going to be like salivating and freaking out by the time we get to our top record. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Who do you think's no. going to break first? Like stop eating them? And, like, yeah,
0: stop They'd eating. be like, this is too fucking yeah, And you too- can top out. I'm telling like... I've, I've eaten just the last dab, like on its own to try it when I first got it. And it ruined me for like four or five hours.
2: Sweet. But, (laughs) but I've I've
0: noticed that like, and the more I've watched that show and the more that I've been eating hot sauce is that when you step up your heat consistently, your I don't know if it's your taste buds or your nerves or your brain just like kind of you know, wiggles out of everything is so hot. It's sure. still going to be yeah. really hot, but I think you saying to one it one
4: continuous sitting or you have to work up. Yeah, the when tolerance, you start like, low, over time.
0: Just even just in this line, when you start here, by the time you get here, this is going to be feel less hot than if you just started with that, uh, right, so, so all you're in one sitting, sitting to it. Yeah. like
4: all in one sitting, though you're not,
0: you're not like building up a tolerance over yeah. time. I whatever. have been eating like extreme hot sauce for the last so he's, week. Jordan's well.
3: been prepping for this interview or not, this podcast. Like I he's have. been eating hot sauce. Like nice, he's like good.
0: But I've also been making hot. I made six and a half gallons of hot sauce today. That's true. All
3: right, all right so let's, let's start with uh, who wants to start? Oh yeah, after. who's, who's
2: going to go first? I went first last time. So someone else should go first this time.
3: Okay, I'll go first. All right, all um, right. Let me get it up here. By the way, thank you guys so much for listening. We've reached our 25th episode, which is a huge deal. So thank you very much. Put applause here. Yay! <laughs> we'll cut that in right. with
2: some sound effects later.
3: All right, my number 10 is Billy Joel's The Stranger. Oh, good choice. Yes. Um, this record is, is interesting because I wasn't a huge The Stranger fan until maybe four years ago. This record has so many great songs on it, not to mention just The Stranger. Well, there are a few songs I loved ever since I was a kid, but it has like Moving Out, The Stranger, Just The Way You Are, which is, you know, cheesy, but like Scenes From An Italian Restaurant, Vienna, which is one of the greatest ballads of all time, Only The Good Die Young, uh, and She's Always A Woman. Those are all Billy Joel hits, standards that are in his rep and everybody requests. That album is epic. And actually, when I finally start doing my stuff again, I eventually want to cover The Stranger in my band and do that Mm. song because it's so... Hell yeah, dude it's so fat and the, the 16th notes are swung or no are straight and it's just Yeah. Mm, 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 mm. it's funky and rocking it's great all what at the year same time that was uh, 1977 by the way the for those 70s. that don't know sorry what was that
4: late 70s
3: yeah um, for those that don't know this list was really hard for all four of us so um, that's my number 10 how about we go the other way Jordan
0: <clears throat> my number 10 um, and so uh, just like the last podcast, I sort of separated myself a little bit, you know, not my, necessarily what my top 10 is. Definitely some of them are my top 10, but I also thought about the grand scheme of things like influential to, to music that I like in general. So my number 10 is, uh, mm-hmm. uh paranoid by black Sabbath Ooh, from 1970. It's yeah. a good one. Oh yeah. You know, like that's like you know rock and roll in a really early raw form, where that was, was so in your face, and they were so crazy, and they partied, and that was like parents wouldn't like let their kids listen to Black Sabbath.
4: Uh, yeah and that's and what it know, was like good upset on crosses and the whole satan aesthetic exactly <laughs> you know
0: <laughs> and they and they just they just wanted to have a good time I mean, at the but end yeah, of the day yeah, sure, it's sure. kind of really what it was and i think that like that influenced so much music going forward and oh, definitely. i think what what other musicians thought was now like possible so that it Especially made my for that list that time too yeah
4: i mean it's heavy now but back then that's pretty of a wild change in pop, you know, Back then it was culture, really music. heavy. yeah.
0: You know, like I guess before, like for my sixties, I had King Crimson and that sure, was like yeah. kind of heavy and it was progressive and experimental, but black Sabbath, like kind of made it simple. Yeah. More to the point. And like, like <laughs> but even heavier. Yeah. So it was like
4: really <laughs> intense. Well
2: so. on, yeah. so, Mine is oh, a fire.
4: <laughs> Sorry. <good>. Mark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Oh, where is it? Mine is still Bill, Bill Withers. Yeah. Oh, cool. Ooh, nice. Yeah. yeah. So that's Fuck, a... It's not even on my list. kind of like my first introduction to R&B and soul music, and when I first started playing guitar, I'd go out and see people play, and they'd always play, like, I think Ain't No Sunshine. on this. Yeah, <laughs>
3: it definitely is. It definitely is. Isn't Grandma's Hands on that one, too? Uh, actually, I don't
4: think Ain't No Sunshine's on this. Anyway... It's not on that. Grandma's oh. Hands isn't on there what? either? No. Oh, I fuck what, me. Okay. I know that. I, know, I love that tune too, mm-hmm. though.
3: What is so on basically, that album?
4: Lonely Town, mm-hmm. Lonely Street, uh, Use Me, Lean On Me, Kissing My Love, Another oh, Day okay. to Run. Dude, When I'm Kissing My Love, Let I love that tune. Love. When I'm a Who is he and what is he to you? And it was kind of my first introduction to R&B and soul music, and I remember going out to see people play, and there you know, so many standards to play, and it was kind of like... You know what is this music that everybody's kind of copping and right. and drawing from? So
2: it's been a huge influence. In,
4: and what year was that? That was seventy-two.
2: Cool. So <clears throat> it's my turn. Yeah. yeah. So my mine. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Yeah, so my number ten there is uh, Skinner. Is a uh, no, dude, dude. Too early. <laughs> it's too early for Skinner, bro.
3: Dude, I was gonna guess that like eight of them were Skinner. Just like <laughs> it's
2: definitely more than one. I'll tell, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. My number ten is uh, Johnny Winter still alive and well. Yeah, uh, from nineteen seventy. There you go. And so I love like that that whole blues rock scene, psychedelic rock, with just that power trio and the fact that that album is like super raw and just like they, all those tracks were just cut live.
4: Still alive and well. Yeah, still alive and well. Even the and first
2: title isn't the first track where they're counting it off. Yeah, and someone fucked it up. Or? Well, still alive and well. That, yeah. that 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 track, he he counts it off, and, and the bass player comes in too early. He's like, not on four one. And, and, he, and he starts, he starts, he starts it off by saying, let's 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 uh let's kill this fucker. I'm hu- I'm fucking hungry or yeah. something, right? And then he counts it off, and the dude, the bass player comes in a beat early, and he's, not on four, on one, and then they do it again. But it's it's so raw and so live, and it's like that. There, and there's a lot of like Johnny Winter and, and uh, some other blues guys too that I that, that I thought about. But like that record, to me, I, I played the shit out of that record when I when I discovered it. Um, and I had my dad's copy of it, and it's so good. That's a huge record. It's got me let too. it. He does let it bleed on there too. It opens with yeah. "Rock Stones Me Baby." And it's really good. Too.
0: I feel like a lot of people like really <clears throat> dug that record from being like a record collector and going and digging through mm-hmm. a lot of random people's like family collections sure. or you know buying massive collections from, you know, like blindly from people, that record's always in there. Right. Like yeah. I can't yeah. tell you how many times I've gifted that record to somebody for like Christmas or their birthday because I had five of them Yeah, from sure. bulk buying records. I
2: think I have several of them now actually. <laughs> but it's such a great record. I can play that shit all the time, man. I love that record. Yeah. The yeah. Rock Me Baby's like one of those rocking versions of that. Oh, yeah.
3: All right, we're on uh, wing number two or hot sauce number two. This is the um, – Montego Specialties Jamaican Habanera Hot Sauce that's pretty good it's got like a little thing on the back end yeah
0: there cool. it is it's got the throat <laughs> burned yeah. there mm-hmm. it is oh. it's definitely a, a, a heavy step forward
3: it makes me uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's like right it's right in the back of really? my taste
2: buds it kind of reminds me of like like, yeah, I love like, that because
0: we're just getting started baby <laughs> it kind of
2: reminds <laughs> me of like Crystal but like it's got more bite to it than uh-huh. like Crystal yeah. does yeah. Yep. Exactly. So it kind of tastes like the same flavor as Crystal it's like
0: thin mm-hmm. and watery like like a Louisiana style yeah.
2: yep yeah Oh, that's delicious. Which okay. I
0: tried to do with ours. Like initially, when I made this sauce, it was really runny, like mm-hmm. a Louisiana style, and I added thickener to it. Oh, cool. To make it, because it is hot. Right. I didn't want someone to go to use it and then like coat whatever it is like way too much and then like hurt themselves. Sure. You know. Very considerate here. That's great. <laughs> as much as I like want someone to be like, holy shit, that was so hot. I don't want to, like, ruin someone's night. Because <laughs> I ruined my own
3: night with, like, other hot sauces, so I, so I get it. Here, so here's my number nine. We're on to number nine. Um, my number nine is Exile on Main Street by the Stones. Ooh. Same year as Luke's, Ooh. 1972. Um, the Stones were kicked out of the States, and they were kicked out of Britain, too. And they, they, were, uh, they were forced to go to France. And uh, they rented a house in France, and they made a record. And they lived there, except for Charlie Watts. Charlie Watts lived by himself somewhere down the road. Charlie Watts
2: does what Charlie Watts wants. <laughs> exactly. Dude. But everyone else <laughs>
3: stayed at that house and partied. Tons of people there. And they were recording. And like they would be like recording like songs over and over again. It just, magic wasn't there. And something would click. I, the reason why I know this is there's a documentary about this record. And it's so in-depth. And they talk about how it's just like everyone's exhausted. And all of a sudden, something would happen. Keith would like get in a certain position, everybody get really calm, and they'd do a take,
4: and that would be the take. It would happen all the iceberg. time. How nice it would be to do a record like that. <laughs> oh, no, like, right? just, like Dude, just... What the fuck? I know. Like, and also, <laughs> check this out. Here's the
3: craziest part, is people that were on instruments weren't necessarily even in the Stones. If you look at the track, I think I've mentioned this in another podcast, if you look at the personnel, it's not always the Rolling Stones playing on the record. Yeah. Um, I think it's Happy, which is like the beginning of the second side of the... or. Um, the beginning of the second LP or something like that is like mostly not the stones it's like Keith and Mick but like the rhythm that's section is crazy like that's crazy different. is that
0: like weird though
3: I think it's weird like, like if I'm in a not band not when like one so if you're in a band like the stones each instrument has like you know it, it's represented yeah but like Charlie Watts isn't on the record it's like a roadie or something that's weird wait, on the me. whole record
4: or on that track, well, like
3: various songs on this no. record is are not the Stones. That one specifically, I remember.
4: But they went there with the intention to make the record, and then they kind of just. Whoever's cultivated was, this huge hang, or everyone was playing exactly. Right? Yeah. So They kind of like produced who, like this huge art project.
3: Exactly, like whoever was around, they would yeah. record with. Let's and do that. I'm down. I'm down to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, can we use your studio? <laughs> yes. I'm um, <laughs> <during> the day. <laughs> but they were like, they were getting high, they were drinking, they were, and Mark's like, yes, I'll do that. And yes. Then, um, but like they were going crazy, having parties and stuff, and then they would just record day and night whenever the fuck they wanted to. That's a scene, man. Yeah, wow. Bobby Keys and like that whole crew. It's, mm-hmm. It was amazing. Anyway, so but Number like if three. you look at the track listing, it's massive. Rocks off, tumbling dice, uh, sweet black angel, loving, I mean, cup. loving cup, yeah, happy. Dude. I said uh, already. Oh, fish song, man. Uh, we need a <laughs> sound oh, for hold on. fish. Hold on, we need a sound for fish. <laughs> no
2: joke. I was at a record store. I was at Princeton Record Exchange like a year ago. And fucking Robert Palmer's uh, sneaking Sally Through the Alley" came on, and some dude was like, "Dude, fish! <laughs> Check it out, fish!" He was like telling his buddy, "Dude, it's fish, bro." And your buddy's like, "Shut the fuck up." I want to just punch myself in the dick. <laughs> the first time I ever heard
0: "Sneakin' <laughs> Sally" Is <laughs> when the the bridge played. It. <laughs> the 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 bridge. Yep. I
2: think
3: what is this then? I think I mean, fish's sound should be. We'll wait till we get through. But I figured everyone can prep
2: their way. Yeah, Do you get this already?
4: Rob mm-hmm. needs it. I feel like there's varying degrees. Of amount should we put on? Because, like, the last dab, you're, like, Robin, you're not going to want to. The, the last me, like, dab,
0: we'll do a schmear and a dab.
4: Because
0: that's, like, what you do with that sauce on the a show. Schmear too. And a dab. I feel like I would- So we'll, like, coat a bite, you know, like, coat yeah. one side, but then put, like, a little dollop on top. Because that's what they do on the show itself. Okay.
3: All right, Jordan, you're number nine.
0: My number nine. Uh, where are we at here? Number nine. <clears throat> 1975, Bruce Springsteen, Born to Run. I
2: was <laughs> <Rob's> like, <laughs> like, Amen, you know? brother. No, I said, Amen, brother. brother.
1: Well,
3: no, what I was gonna say was, it's too early for that.
1: Oh, Ooh. So Spoiler what? alert. I, like,
0: <laughs> I, <clears throat> I did not grow up listening to Bruce Springsteen. You know, I'm from Baltimore, so even, you know, like, we're in New Jersey right now, but like, New Jersey was just far away enough no, to right not really be, <laughs> um, sort of influential on the music. I guess, like, growing up in Baltimore City. Mm -hmm. um, It wasn't until, like, my mom remarried and I got a little older that my stepdad was a huge Springsteen fan. And I started, like, ganking his records. And, like, there was so much Springsteen. And I would listen to some. And his band played Rosalita. Mm -hmm. And I loved that song. Even before I knew it was, like, a Springsteen song. But um, Born to Run, I mean, that song alone is, like, the ultimate, like, on. not the ultimate, but on ultimate sing-along song. I think you could walk down the street and pick ten people, and nine out of those ten people can sing you the chorus.
4: At least the ending.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm the one out of ten that can't. Wait, do. yeah,
4: what's the song? Rosalita? Born to Run. Born to, born to, to Run. run. Born to run. <laughs> Baby, I was born to run. <laughs> well, I know those lyrics. Yeah.
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Just that one line. <laughs> but if you said Bruce Springsteen, Born to Run. I would think of that, yeah. You would. You could R- sing that. To your point, R- sure. Yeah. You know? yeah, so, yeah. And I think that's important. But, I mean, there's so many other good songs on it. It was, you know, early in his career. It was, a to, uh, you know, a chart topper. So, it made
3: my list. Yeah, he uh, he got the cover of Time and Newsweek the same week wow. for yeah.
0: that record.
4: And he's, like, blue-collar boy. So, that was 75? five. Seven. Yeah. How old was he when? 20, 22
3: or 23?
0: 24?
4: Yeah, you kidding like me? No. 23 or
3: wow. No, he was young. He was super young. Holy shit. He got a record yeah. deal when he was, like, 21, 22. amazing. I mean... Wow listen to Maybe these records and
4: like him or like
3: perspective of. right of their like age
4: and the the songwriting seems like uh mature and like well thought but they're 22 and it's like i still have no well, idea how to like write a song, all of his like, songs like you know, <laughs> i'm five years um, old him. all of
0: his songs are like a, these stories of like blue collar like using your hands to work like really working hard for your money mm. he never had a job like he was always like, I'm going to be a musician. His father, like all the songs are like stories of like he heard from his father and his grandfather. Uh, brother, so his it's not uncles. like he made them up and like made. This he didn't whole make them <clears throat> up. Well, he was in that but they environment. Aren't like personal to him, it's just like how he grew up. He grew up in a blue collar family in a bl- blue collar yeah, yeah. town. It's like <clears throat> it's all he knew. Visually, he never really had to do it. You know, like yeah, but he understood the life. Right?
3: His dad, his life. dad was in the uh, the industry, and like he, he he would try to deliver his dad lunch. And, like, it would be so fucking loud. He wouldn't be wearing, like, earpieces ear or anything to protect his ears. It's very blue-collar, the town he was living in. It was in Freehold, uh, right outside of Asbury Park. And, uh, like, all of his stuff's about that. He was 25, actually. I just looked it up. He was 25
4: when that record came out. Wow. Well, how
3: mm-hmm. insane is that. It's, I mean,
1: that's... It's nuts. Dude,
2: yeah.
4: What? That's not his first record. It's his third. 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 His first record came he, out
3: when he was 22. That was Blinded by the Light. Crazy. And then... wrapped uh, up
2: like a douche. What are the words?
3: Um, look <laughs> a- Man Manfred Mann's versions wrapped up like a douche, and Springsteen's <laughs> wrapped up like a deuce. It's a deuce, oh. like a deuce coupe. Yeah, right. Um, but he, he he laughs about it. He tells on his story. I know too much about this. He, he, <laughs> like, That's why we're here, bro. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> he, he says on the Storytellers VH1 Storytellers uh, DVD. He's like, "Yeah, we'll change one word to douche, and you get a number one hit. What the fuck's that about?" <laughs> 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 yeah. And so, anyway,
2: cool. All
3: right, Luke. Oh, wing number
0: three. Oh, right. No, that was good, right? I, I was no, we're waiting. still we're still on two. I haven't right. eaten. I was waiting until the we oh, do the, the, the round. round. Yeah. Oh, I already ate mine. The oh, <laughs> truffle one. I already did the truffle. Yeah, same. That's all right. What's your number? What's your number nine?
4: Yeah. Um, my number nine is Black Sabbath, Paranoid. Yeah. Oh. Oh. And I think when I was first getting into music and guitar, I don't know. I think my dad had a cassette. He had that and a Kiss Alive cassette. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking loved it. Your dad does seem like a Kiss fan. <laughs> Peter Chris. He's a big Kiss fan. For man, life. Bro. That's my
0: stepmom's favorite band.
4: <laughs> my sister's name's Beth after the Kiss song. <laughs> well,
0: stop. Is that a true story? Yeah. That's so
4: awesome. She doesn't care for that, but. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a, it's a, it really is. But uh, yeah, I used to. I still love Black Sabbath. And it's someone that I liked when I was younger. And I feel like some bands you like when you're younger, then as you get older, it kind of fades and you never revisit. And you're kind of like, "Yeah, that was just was like base. I was younger." Yeah. But that this is a band that I kind of started with and always come back to. And you're right; it is like really to the point. It's like a lot of riffs, it's, mm-hmm. but it's just it just rocks so hard. I don't know. And it really has like a primal element to it. Like War Pigs on it, Paranoid, Electric Funeral. Fairies wear boots, mm-hmm. so. Great band, Tony Great, Ionis, great band, awesome great album. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you like, uh, you hear the story how he like, cut his fingers off and no. all that? No. Mm-hmm. Really? No. I forget exactly what he was doing. He was like working in a spoon factory or something. A spoon factory. Yeah, some kind of like... <laughs> Not really, a knife factory. <laughs> <laughs> well, some brutal blue That's so rock and roll. That is so rock and roll. Someone may correct me on that, but it was some using heavy machinery and right? he cut off all the tips of his fingers. Jesus Christ. Yeah, like, and his... Uh, mother made him like these leather thimbles that he would put over <laughs> his finger yeah if you look at any video of him playing he's got these like thimbles over his fingers so that he could like play and then he plays with this wow one, yeah. that's
3: insane
4: so yeah like, so that for, was there was crazy one he did that like
0: for years or just like while it healed
4: uh i remember i had a video then they had like a uh a tour in like the 2000 something he, he still had him on so i guess he wow. just always did it wow and he shit. would use like super light gauge strings so it didn't hurt his fingers and why
0: do we know about like you know everyone knows about the bat eating story but we don't know that <laughs> right, story right. like that's so much cooler to me <laughs> yeah
4: like oh you're so badass like you got your fingers cut off and you still play guitar yeah. <laughs> and it was essentially a trio and it was you know, well because i saying but he didn't play anything else yeah. Right, yeah so it's insane like three guys make that much sound and that's it's yeah. insane like Bill Ward's monster drummer.
2: It's awesome. Yeah, so.
0: All right, Mark Brown. My
2: number nine is one that's a little lesser known, but um, Maggot Brain by Funkadelic. Oh yeah.
4: yeah. Yeah. So I just missed my top
2: ten. And so so here's like I love Funkadelic, especially early Funkadelic before they kind of merged with Parliament because and became Parliament Funkadelic because it's like rock meets funk. Eddie Hazel was on that record. Bernie Worrell it, And that was like That's kind of like How Where Handbone Relay Kind of comes from too Is like that Classic rock Meets Like this funky Get down Kind of sound And that, that whole album I, I fucking love that I've been listening to that record Since high school I love that album man
3: Isn't that uh, on your uh, Get down playlist Or whatever it is That you
2: put on the- Uh, It's on my It's on my jam out Motherfucker yeah, playlist Which true. is what I listen to At the gym a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but Dude fucking Maggot Brain uh uh, can you get to that? Is, is is awesome, dude. I love that record, man. So. Here,
3: actually, let's see. I'm curious what this is. Uh, quick is that, break from it? the numbers. What what's your workout album? Oh, I know mine. My, it, it's, it's mine's "Toys book. in the Attic" by Aerosmith. Ooh. It didn't make my top ten, but it happens to be an honorable mention out of the '70s. That's funny. But like,
0: uh, I so like, <laughs> I go to music that I wouldn't normally I listen, listen to. to. I'm going for the motivation. So, Britney, bitch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a nice preface here. What um, we got uh, M.I.A. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, but but earlier M.I.A. Oh, okay. So I mean, but that album's still really good too. But it's like got this like, it's almost like Baltimore house beats, but this kind of like Caribbean Hispanic flavor to it. It's dope. It's really cool. I'll check it out. And I, I never can understand anything she says. So I don't, <laughs> I don't have to think about any of it. You know, like sometimes if you hear a band, they say a crazy lyric, and then I'm just like stuck on a lyric. Yeah. And they're like, oh, that was really great, or I can't believe they put that in there. It's so stupid. Like with MIA, I can't really understand anything she's saying. Mm-hmm. So.
2: <laughs> sorry. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was looking <laughs> up my workout video. My workout shit you up.
4: What do you, you work on? My bad. Team? I actually don't listen to music when I work. I feel like, it's I remember more
3: challenging if you don't. Uh,
4: like I used to run a lot when I was in high school and stuff, and I remember listening to Government Mule. And then when I wasn't running and I listened to them, I would just think of running and how much I hated it. <laughs> and I would like, like have association. this association, and I was just like, I don't want to mix the two, so I, I don't listen to music when I work. You do it out,
3: out of the love of music, the sacrifice of okay, I will listen to nothing. Uh, so I, don't I don't know if, if I thought it.
4: about it that deeply,
0: but well, for like. I don't listen to music when I, like, edit photos because it's Mm -hmm. very distracting because I get so into the music that I'm not paying attention to the work in front of me. Sure, yeah. Or I'll put, like, a TV show on and, like, the conversation, like, keeps me, like, up and Mm -hmm. I don't have to, like, care about it. Right, right. But if I'm going to, like, work out, I don't really want to work out. Like, I know I need to, but I will, so I, like... The music is distracting in a positive way from the workout. I kind of I, forget that I'm. I guess out. I
4: do something more distracting. I watch TV. So <laughs> you know, it's, it's I
2: guess it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. So what you so, just no, what you, you just absolutely. heard was part of my workout. Uh, It's a uh, the Electric Warlock Acid Witch Satanic Orgy <laughs> Celebration Dispenser. Oh, you told me Rob Zombie. A record.
3: <laughs> 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 didn't you stupid? Uh, no, the only reason <laughs> I mentioned that is didn't you say oh. they recorded it right outside of your hometown?
2: Oh yeah Yeah, I, I fuck think you have the
4: most eclectic taste out of anyone. We <laughs> talked about it. When I
0: did the I, podcast with you guys forever ago, right, yeah.
4: we we definitely talked about that.
2: You shot uh, Rob Zant, Zombie, right? Not I shot did. Him, I like, I photographed photos him. of him. Yeah, shot that. Shot Yeah, that.
0: I, yeah I photographed him at uh Ramsad Live. That's cool.
3: Right, wing number three, apparently Luke and uh, Mark went for it. Already. I'm going to check on the wings you. are good. All right, so here, cheers. Cheers. This is uh, sauce number three. This is the... Uh, is the truff hot sauce, truffle, black truffle infused hot sauce. And this is the one that we smelled in the beginning. I was like, holy shit, I want to try this. Here, here
4: we go. I think you really have to like truffle. So what What I are truffles? It's not a mushroom, but it it's is. found in the wood. Oh, it it's is a mushroom, mushroom yeah. Because I've had truffle cheese. But like but. truffle
0: to me is like really, it's like garlic on steroids.
3: By the way, you guys listen episode. to this podcast, I'm sorry. You're going to have to hear us like chomping and chewing. I mean, and- we can cut that
4: shit out, bro.
2: Can't wait to edit all this. Have fun. <laughs> this episode's gonna drop next month, probably. A lot of lip smack in here.
4: My number eight <laughs>
3: is Herbie Hancock's Headhunters record. It was oh, it is yeah. my, the album that like I listened to for inspiration when my first joined Hambone Relay. Uh, and um, we've been talking about doing a Headhunters night, like with a collaboration maybe with another band or other people, but that record is so funky. And the the tones that all the musicians get out of that that record are just insane. And you know what's funny? We've talked about time a lot in handbone relay and and grooving things. First track, Chameleon, is starts off at one tempo and the whole song is just like a freight train and gets faster and faster and faster. You don't notice it until they go back to the head and everyone goes, Oh fuck, and they have to go back to the old <laughs> tempo. But like it's grooving the entire time. You do not notice it and all the synth work is just nuts and the syncopation between the keys and the drums is amazing and that's my that opinion.
2: version of Chameleon is like I could it's just epic. listen to that shit that and Vain Melter I love too yeah mm-hmm. oh and Sly too like those I can listen to those Watermelon sh- Man shits Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> you a that, that, yeah, first that was the that. first
0: Herbie Hancock song I ever heard. It's so weird, right? And but you know, like there's there's not much to it. It's like it, I fucking you know, it. it's like this flute vocal jam <laughs> thing, and I was like, This is cool. And then I, I remember putting on headhunters and it went from like this is cool being really wide and cool to being like, Whoa. Right. This is really cool. Yeah. And I felt like I was looking for that for a long time. So good. Have you ever so, heard uh Sextant?
4: Or sex hands
2: oh, I had that on CD but I don't I haven't listened to it in years though. it's all
4: I mean the title track is rain dance I think it's called and that's really reminiscent of the watermelon man intro but it's kind of like it takes that further that approach cool. so if you like that you check that out and if
3: I'm not mistaken it's Harvey Mason on drums or am I on ma- that record I forget now I'm forgetting it's been so long since I looked at the person now but uh, I had,
0: like that whole record is like uh, is really different than a lot of other records he put out like he also had, you know, spanned a career of decades. True. Like, his own was more... Well, go ahead. It's it's more organic in a way, yeah. but, like, some of his later stuff got, like, really, like, synthy in, like, not a good way. <laughs>
3: right. You like, know? Like, uh, uh, I can't remember the one record with his face on it, but... That's... Che- that. Yeah, I don't know what... That, that's um, the one I'm talking about. I can't remember. But check out this personnel, dude. It's fucking Paul Jackson on bass. Uh-huh. Uh, Harvey Mason on drums. Is-
2: is Wilton Felder in that band? No. Oh, he was the dude from the Crusaders. Well, he so played with Herbie for a while. Oh, um, this shit. is
3: Benny Maupin on saxes and uh, <clears throat> reeds and Bill Summers on all the percussion. Oh, cool. bunch of producers and engineers, but like it's sampled on fucking everything.
2: So good, dude. So anyway,
3: sorry. I feel that's like my that record,
4: no, he, he kind of re- reeled it in a little bit. Cause have you ever heard the the Mwandishi record? After, that's a weird one. Yes, and that was three records before that. Oh, he
3: reeled it in for the Headhunters, or do you think that it was just, like, the the way that the record, the um, music was going?
4: uh, Yeah, I think it was organic, and he was just, like, doing his thing, Mm -hmm. but it's interesting that, yeah, Mwandishi is pretty, like, really dense and adventurous and, like, a little more challenging (laughs) to listen to, (laughs) and Headhunters, well, I feel like that's why it's so great, because it it meets both worlds, Mm -hmm. where it's, like, interesting and has unique... Sounds and yeah, still, approaches, still going, yeah, but you still can actually listen layers. to it. Yeah, oh, but I do love one DC too. Everything,
3: but like it still grooves hard as fuck. Yeah, like yeah, and it's just like chameleons, just two, two, three sections. That's it. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's the, my number eight.
0: Am I next? Yeah, <clears throat> my number eight is Fela Kuti Zombie. Mm. Um
3: it was on all the best of lists but I just never listened to it. Yeah.
0: Well, so the record is is only 25 minutes and it's only two songs. Mm-hmm. So I mean, classic afrobeat, that whole reggaeton thing, like it is it it's it's just a groove and it's a feel and like in some ways like kind of like a religious thing. Like Definitely. Like a trance or something like you yeah, it's like if you listen to a jam band and they're playing a 12 minute song, that song goes somewhere like a couple different places in a song, where this one like locks you in mm-hmm. to this like groove, and then like, you know, the groove kind of stays the same, but all this other instrumentation moves. I hear about
4: Eric Krasno talk about lettuce a lot. He references that stuff a lot yep. as yeah. an inspiration because you
0: can just like get in this like pocket rhythmically, and the sounds like the sonic part of it. Right is what is like really changing. Like, for me as a musician, like, I like a lot of changes rhythmically. Like, the, not not necessarily the tempo, but like half time something or double sure. time yeah. something. And obviously the music changes. Where with like Afrobeat music and Fela music, it was like this steady perfect groove that just fucking soared. Awesome. Yeah. And I was also. Up in debate, my honorable mention that was going to replace this was uh, Deja Vu, CSNY.
1: Oh yeah, I didn't have it yet.
0: <clears throat> but nice. I thought Fela was like a little more influential to music beyond sure some other stuff that's on you know that's going to be on everyone else's list. Yeah, sure, sure. I that, that gotta check on
3: that my, out my, for sure. my, uh, Honorable mentions too, not Fela, Zombie, not Fela,
0: um, uh, CSNY.
2: Yeah.
4: What number are we on eight, eight. my eight is fail with ginger baker yeah. oh
2: shit okay
4: yeah i remember i was huge into cream and kind of uh got an air clapped in and all the side projects and then ginger baker went to africa and hung out with philip and just the contacts i had from cream and then listening to it in that which i i knew nothing right. about that music philip cootie was just like I know who Ginger Baker was and it kind of like was my introduction to it but same experience as you're talking about it's like you just set a vibe and you get into this like trance and it's just like a huge picture not to get you know but like yeah. kind of reminds me a lot of the uh electric miles stuff like why I like that stuff it's mm-hmm. kind of just like if you step back from it it kind of is just like yeah. whoa, that's an interesting kind of take not not as quite as freaky as that shit but <laughs> Yeah. But I great melodies like, and real conviction in yeah. the playing. And, and I like, feel like it's easy to listen funky to. funky like, as anyone, shit.
0: anyone can listen to, like, a Fela like, any, sure. th- that kind of thing. And add Ginger Baker to it and, like, game over.
2: Yeah, so. yeah. Ginger Baker. Some of these tunes... We, what was the
4: album? It's just called... I think it's just called Fela Cootie with Ginger Baker live. Okay. There's a tune, Egg Mio Me O, that we used to play with the Groove Merchants.
2: Oh, cool. Yeah. Is it, you said, is it live? Yeah, it? okay, cool. it's Live
4: to awesome. what year? Uh, 71. I need to check that out. Fellow with Ginger Baker, that's what it's called. Cool, Igby and Mio is the jam. <laughs> They're all great, though.
2: Sick, sick. So, my number eight is uh, Houses of the Holy Led Zeppelin. Nice, that's so, cool. so I was struggled with like Zeppelin 4, physical graffiti. Um, all those are They're great records But for me For my like High school years Houses of the Holy Was it um, Dire maker The ocean um, I played I played all those songs In Over the hills and far away my, my band in high school Played all those songs And it was like A huge influence on me uh, Growing up And I didn't realize this too Produced by Jimmy Page Which was crazy oh, wow. I didn't really oh, it. I didn't realize He produced that So that's all. Awesome. That's like their fifth album Yeah Yeah It came out, out After Zoso After four I this is like middle of the uh, middle of their career. Yeah, in yeah. terms of releasing stuff. Um, but yeah, so for me, this probably is right up there with Zeppelin One. Zeppelin One, because of its the blues psychedelic blues influence, was like is my favorite Zeppelin album. But like, this one's right up there with that.
3: I have a weird question. Yeah. For you. Kind Shoot, bro. Shoot. Route. Do you bro. find that because I know you love electric guitar so much, but because you play organ, do you <laughs> find that you play organ more like electric guitar than? Like,
2: like an organ? Uh, yeah, and that's that's actually what drew me to like organ players like John Lord with Deep Purple mm-hmm. is like they treat the organ like it's a guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, I love effects. I love overdrive. I love driving like raw, like not, not like a shitload of pedals, but just driving your a tube amp like mm-hmm. fucking hard so that it distorts like John Lord used to do. Um, and yeah, I kind of treat it like and when I solo too, like I listen to mo- I listen to more guitar players than, or- than keyboard players. So that's honestly. what I'm starting to realize. Yeah. with do. you, do
3: specifically is that you love. Yeah,
2: like I love guitar, guitar players, guitar. and I think a lot of my and you I'm a lot of my solos when I um with this band and with other bands too I are kind of like influenced by Jimmy Page, um, Clapton like in his early years like the Cream days like that vibe like that power trio. I've always wanted to be in a well, I guess technically sometimes we are a power trio, but. Okay. But, like, you know, I've always wanted to be in a power trio where, like, the organ is like the guitar, essentially. Like, cream with no guitar. You know, yeah. like just organ, bass, and drums or something, you know? So.
0: Well, and, like, a lot of guitar players look for, like, being able to, like, do some, like, solo run and just hit a note and just mm. hold it. Yeah. And let that note be effective. But you can't always do that. Sure. Like, but an organ can do that. Fish can do that, though. Well, Trey. fish can do Trey's that. got that. it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, like, yeah, but, you're right. Yeah, you know, you're there's right. There's a lot of people that yeah, do that. For and, sure. like, it takes a certain guitar and it takes a certain combination of guitar and amp and, a, yeah. and sometimes a pedal like mm-hmm. with an organ you can just have an organ and just
2: Yeah, that yeah. shit does not decay at all. No. No. This is not No. <laughs> That's right.
0: And it can be effective yeah. and, and you can yeah. watch someone go Ugh. and then it's still there and they go yes.
4: So I feel like I, I listen to organ players and I'm like I wish I could just play like that. Yeah. But <laughs> just yeah. a different instrument For and sure. it's like I just hear the warmth of the sound and like yeah. the lushness and then you just like hold something pull the draw bars out, put the fast beat, but yeah, like right. you can't. Bro, get the EBO. You can kind of do
3: it. <laughs> you, know, you know what's crazy
2: too? The organ is like one of the only instruments where you can literally play one note and change the speed of the Leslie and it, or adjust the draw bars, but literally you're pressing one key down and it can change the intensity of the jam. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can literally, like we can be jamming. You You can be soloing, right? And I can do like a swell and hit like a high note and just hold it. Mm. And it it like that's like it takes the jam to another level just with totally, one yeah. with one note, you know what I mean? It's, it's an it's, amazing it's, instrument. Yeah. I mean it's cool that you could do all that shit. Oh yeah. yeah well, <laughs> I kind of feel the opposite. I love
4: organ and I love organ players and I've always loved it and just the sound of it is like it's, the, a, it's a weird we switch,
2: right? <laughs> yeah. well, I'm, I'm working on my guitar skills. I learned 13 chords the other day. <laughs> just throwing that out there. I don't know that. Hey, speaking of fish,
3: the next sauce is Hank's heat sauce. It has a fish on the front of it, or a semblance of a fish. Do you think any of
0: those guys? And it's, know, it's from it? Sea
2: Isle, New Jersey. Sea Isle. Where is that by the sea? It's Long Beach Island. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's on the. <laughs> Wat It's, oh, it's down that's there. <laughs> right. These that's are dry. the jokes. Them's are the jokes. These folks.
0: are the jokes. These are the jokes. <laughs> this has been my sauce that I put on
4: everything: pizza, mm. yeah, chicken but, pasta. Like, it, there's there's nothing I wouldn't put that. There's on. this taco place. Actually, it's called Jocko and when I asked them if they Jacob. knew who Jacob Astorius was they had no idea who he was Aww, and I was like how disappointing but uh, they have this there yeah really? it's, it's yeah, I used to go all the time it's, it's, fl-
2: <clears throat> it's flavorful too like it's, it's yeah <laughs> it's like really
0: it's got a lot of garlic I mean you can see the garlic floating it's around it's not
2: like just like heat you know like there's some flavor to it you know
3: I can use a back well, you, you cool. do that alright here's my number seven Rob Tate's number seven is Goodbye Yelbert Grove by Elton John Ooh. that's a good one it's another house record I have a thing with house records or mansion records in this case it's a, done on a man, like a mansion and what they would do is every morning they would get together Elton would have a keyboard for brec- with, at breakfast and he would, <laughs> for and breakfast he a keyboard for breakfast I know I said that wrong <laughs> I'm not even drinking it's just the hot sauce Did you 1974 73 73 Dude, they just
2: belched from the bathroom. It was epic. Dude. Um, but <laughs> so it's another
3: one of those mansion records, right? So Elton would get lyrics from Bernie Toppin in the morning, and they would sit and have breakfast. Elton John mm. would bang out some like keyboard part and like kind of get an idea for the song. They would record it that fucking afternoon, wow. and then like do the harmonies in the afternoon, and fucking be done. And they do it all again. That's crazy. And they had like I think they had a fuck ton of songs, um, but just listen to the it's hits off of this crazy, thing, dude. Funeral for a Friend, Love Lies Bleeding, Candle in the Wind, Benny and the Jets, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, Um, uh, Ballad of Danny Bailey, uh, Sweet Painted Lady, Roy Rogers. There's a fuck ton of hits on this fucking thing. And all of those songs are on everything. It's a uh, double record, double LP2 Mm -hmm. on vinyl.
2: Didn't you cover Ballad of Danny Bailey?
3: No, I had a song called The Ballad of Danny Bailey as well. Oh, okay. It was an homage to that. And it was bad. So we don't play that anymore. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't, I, didn't think, I didn't think it was bad. Thanks.
2: Yeah. Um Yeah. Yeah, you can bring me one. Thanks. Thanks for bringing
0: that up. <laughs> yeah, and it was It was shitty. so bad. It, it was, was done at my it was my Sorry,
3: Jesus. No, no, it, was my, it's oh. okay. it was my first full band show as Rob Tate band. We that was I, at um actually it was upstairs at Dobbs.
2: We I liked it. So, yeah, I know. I was on it. I like that song. That's why I brought it up, bro. Uh he, all right, that's my number anyway, seven. Anyway, number seven.
0: <laughs> my my number seven is uh, Headhunters.
2: Yeah. By, by Herbie Hancock. So, Ooh, that reminds me, too. We're going to have to talk about our Hall of Fame at, at a break here, too, because we'll have we have, we we'll explain that later, but I'll uh, we'll cut yeah. that out. So. Sick. Yeah. We don't know. I mean, not
0: much more to say. Yeah, not much more to say. It's a great record. It was <clears throat> way beyond its time, and it uh, yeah, I
3: changed my mind.
0: That, and that album still like Holds really strong too You know It's not something that like I would ever stop listening to
2: There are a lot of albums too Like um, Where There's one or two Especially like Instrumental to albums Where there are one or two tunes Where I'll listen to them And then I kind of Skip over the rest yep. But that's a record I can put that on Beginning to end And jam out Yep Like uh, an entire car ride somewhere. It's a good driving record. Yeah. And it doesn't matter whether it's, I mean, Chameleon, obviously, Watermelon Man, but like even the other two, Vane Melter and Sly, like I can listen to that shit all day long. Yeah. You know what I mean? Without skipping over. For sure.
4: Without a doubt. Number seven. My number seven is Johnny Winter Still Alive and Well. Did I already say that? No, I didn't. I said that. Oh,
2: that's right. That's right. Dude,
4: sick record. I remember when I first started playing guitar. Uh, I just check out guitar players, and he—I don't know like how I found him, but uh, just got that record and like listened to it a million times. I remember I my mom would drive me to baseball practice or whatever, and I had that in the car, and I would just like listen to it the way there and the way back all the time. And Rock Me Baby, I would play with my band in high school, and still alive and well. Yeah, some of the Stones tunes were cool, and then he does like a. I always thought it was weird. He does, what's that? It's like a country kind of tune, like acoustic guitar. You know what I'm talking yeah, about?
2: Th- it, uh, Maybe it's I don't know cheap that tequila that's an, or something. Yeah, I think it's cheap tequila. I always thought
4: that was kind of weird. <laughs> it's like,
2: why is this on <laughs> it's, this? It's like a weird vibe. I wonder if it's one of those tunes where right he just like, hey, I got this thing. You want know, to just do it real quick and we'll just <laughs> see it? That's what I always thought. Like, yeah. The love producer this. was probably like, yeah, let's throw that on there. Whatever, man. <laughs> yeah,
4: that <laughs> one I was always like, that's cool, I guess.
3: I don't know the record very well. Do you think it was used to... Like Just break time. it up yeah. I think break it up hey. You know who produced I could, it I could have
2: kept Getting beat over the head <laughs> <laughs> I didn't need it to get You know who Rick Derringer produced That show. Oh no dude. way no no shit. Dude. Yeah. shit well, Doesn't he play He uh, was also in Edgar Winter's Rock and roll Hoochie Coo Is that, uh, he, on yeah, that Yeah he's a rock and roll, roll Hoochie right? no. uh, I don't think it's on That record though Is it Let's see No it's not But That's rock and roll Hoochie Coo That was That was Rick Derringer And he also it's played on. In Edgar Winter's band He was in Yeah yeah He's on the live record the Johnny Winter live yes. where they play. So yeah, yeah. He, he was great, man. He was so. Um, spoiler alert: This might this album might be in my honorable mentions, but Edgar Winter's White Trash yeah. Uh, record, yeah, so good, dude. Rick Derringer's on the album. There's a full horn section, two drummers. Um, what's the dude's the singer's name? I can't. Uh, LaCroix. He's got like a French Canadian last name. I don't know Lacroix or something, but like. I don't Such know, a uh, good album, dude. That's a record. I'd read. revisit that one. <laughs> <laughs> when I got we into So Live, well, I heard all that other stuff, but <laughs> that's one that I didn't yeah. revisit yeah. a bunch right. after. That, that is a, that's a sick record, for sure. I, I love Edgar Winters' uh, like blues rock stuff more love so that. than like the Frankenstein <laughs> era. Sure. I mean? But even though I love also, Fra- Fra- Frankenstein, the strangest looking people ever.
1: Yeah,
4: like are they albinos God or what's the deal? I You're think they albinos. are albino, but 100%. just all their record covers are yeah. him like dressed in women's. Which there's nothing wrong. I'm
2: not <laughs> saying that ah. no. no, sometimes they come out at night, or they come out at night with the albino
1: yeah,
4: Frankenstein yeah. on it. That's fucking it's, shock value. Yeah, it's yeah. a little, it's obscure. There's, no, I'm not judging. I'm just saying. Well, if it's you think too, and like, like, and strange, and as a little kid, I was kind of like, well, this in is the crazy. 70, <laughs> like in the 70s, like you go like looking through records, you know, like
0: it wasn't like us going to like a CD store. Yeah. And even like go just after that where it's still with CDs and it wasn't streaming. You could like Google something and you would just go to a record store and buy what you wanted. Like when you yeah. like then you really like look through and you'd see
4: that and you'd be like, "What the yeah. fuck?" And you'd pick like, it up. Don't you have the picture of it on on there? Of
2: of what? Yeah, like yeah.
4: That. That's the photo that you pick to put on the record cover. It's weird. Yeah. It's very <laughs> right? weird. It's, weird. <laughs> it's Very weird.
2: <laughs> <laughs> What's even happening in this picture? I don't know. Really? It's a bad angle. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a flattering That's angle like, for anyone. Yeah, uh, it's come to think of it. So, in looking at some of these albums from the seventies, a lot of the artwork on these albums is like, what, yeah. what, what was going what through your head so when you took strange. that picture? You Do know you what think I mean? It's
3: supposed to be off-putting so that it like catches your eye in the record store, though.
4: Probably. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I think there was a culture of just obscurity and Dude, like. How about maybe. the maggot I mean, brain covers of though. the Holy too? Yeah. Right. What is Houses of the Holy? There's like I naked children what that climbing is. Yeah, on I still rocks. Yeah, the
2: naked. Little girls throwing pickles. Yeah, that would know not. Go I, over I honestly well think now. that's why
0: I don't like Houses of the Holy is because of the album. Because yeah, it's, it's really weird. weird. Yeah. yeah, it's kind what of about up, What about the
2: original though. Blind Faith album? Remember the album cover for that, yeah. or the only Blind Faith album, the, the the album cover with the little girl, the that's naked, the oh, naked yeah, girl yeah, on the front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they changed it. They changed it. I was going to say, isn't it? There's a, it's all of them on the front. right? That's the, what they changed it to. The yeah, original is is a naked like 14 year old girl holding an airplane. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. No, oh, yeah. Yeah. What's
3: with rock and roll and putting naked girls, young naked girls, on the cover?
2: Right. You know what are talking about? about right. Uh,
3: Jordan's never mind.
2: Huh? You with you seen the kid. You seen, have you seen that? Yeah. No, that's not strange. Until now. I, 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 have that album, but not. See, that I one. have that. I have the one you have. I, I don't have. I not uh, yeah. That's hard to find. You can't ha- find no. that one very. Yeah, I have but,
0: the one with all of them on the front. That's what I've always known. And like, with being in the poster industry for a long time, is I always saw handbills and posters promoting the very few shows that they did and it was always that same picture right and yeah so, like there wasn't there's not this huge collection of blind faith artwork well they were only around
4: for, like a two years right? a year
2: yeah 10, not even like right a year and a half or that's about. why but, uh, but still
0: you know it's like there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people like poster artists that were giving away artwork like it wasn't hard to get artwork back then. Yeah. Sure, yeah. And
2: Blind Faith was like, ooh, I'm just going to use this picture. <laughs> also, I'm kind of pissed I didn't include them in my 60s, dude. That, that, that album. Yeah. That album was huge for me. And I, I, I left it out. That makes
4: the uh, Spinal Type even funnier. <laughs> what, what's the record? Smell the Glove.
2: Yeah. And the girl's on all fours hold, and yeah. <laughs> smelling. they're making her smell a glove. But then they're like, you should have seen what they
4: wanted to do. <laughs> 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 uh,
2: David St. Hubbins and Nigel Tufnell.
1: <laughs> hey,
3: Mark,
2: what's your number seven? My uh, number seven is that number one. My number seven has already been mentioned a bunch. It's headhunters. Nice. Is it so I think ultra hall of fame. I think we don't need it. Uh, we've already spoken a lot about it, so I think we can just move on. Well, do you want to explain what hall of fame means? Oh, so yeah. So I and I, I I realized since I was too busy making cooking wings tonight, I forgot to to look up our hall of fames. But basically, what we're gonna do is for every episode that we do, um, if Two or more of us have the same album in our top ten, or even in honorable mentions, then that that'll become the the Hamlin Relay Hall of Fame.
0: And I have a spreadsheet of our top tens. I didn't, I don't type down honorable mentions.
2: Oh, okay. Well, that's fine. Yeah. We we I, I wrote it down. I just didn't look at it because cool. I was making wings. So which we're thankful for. <laughs> <laughs> well, they 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 came out okay. The next batch might be a little dry because they, they I left them in too oh, long. But funny. um. Yeah, so but in any case, people. what. <laughs> Obviously, as of now, Headhunters has definitely made our Hall of Fame. Because oh, sure. three of us, or all of us, have all of us had it on? Or uh, at least three of us. Except Luke, so far. So far, so. But, uh, yeah. So, anyway. Chuckled, it's on there. What? Luke.
3: On? <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. Anyway, that's
2: my number seven, Headhunters. Rob. All right,
3: number my six. number six. Oh, the wings. Uh, oh, next yeah. wing is, uh, I didn't see what the sauce was. I just kind of put it uh, on my plate. Yeah, I gotta get some. Uh, it's kitchen garden farm habanero sriracha. I don't know this one. Did you get some of it? Yeah, I got it right here on on the swing. Do you know much about this one?
0: Uh, No, I don't. This was actually... um, Alex and I did... We did like a Pollyanna Christmas thing with her family. And so it's all like blind gifting. And one Uh of of her cousins got me and knew knew that I was a hot sauce guy and got me three hot sauces and a... uh, Like a... Fermenting and pickling book, like so, basically a bunch of different processes on how you can use hot peppers and vegetables and ferment them and elongate them and turn them into sauces. And this stuff is where like the that.
3: boys become men. I think that yes. one kind of kicked my butt. Yeah. Mm. All right. And <laughs> yep. That's how it's yep. gonna be. Yep. All right, mine. <laughs> I don't
4: know. I'm still. I'm still doing all right.
3: Okay, my number six though. <laughs> is hot. Is uh, so. Eric Clapton's Slow Hand. Hmm. Oh yeah. Um, the reason why it's higher than I originally had planned was just there's so many hidden gems. I wish it was more well known. It's like a like an under. Well, it's not well known back then, but like I feel like now it's like a it's not as a big a cut for Eric Clapton. You know, like you got all the Derek and Domino stuff, but like there's so many great hits off this. Cocaine, Wonderful Tonight, Lay Down Sally, and I want us to cover Peaches and Diesel. That song, fun. awesome. Hell yeah, dude. Um, but this whole record's incredible. Um, I noticed that the albums that I'm picking are very song-based more than drummer-based but like all the playing's fantastic I love I I love Eric Clapton's guitar playing especially when he writes more song-based stuff than soloing stuff I find I don't know if that's just me yeah but I really like his songwriting craft style more than more than his uh, improvisational stuff I I find but anyway that's my number six
4: so when he wrote songs do you think he was like I don't know that much about Eric Clapton post Cream, But was he like a major contributor to all the songwriting or were there a lot of people around writing songs? He, he wrote a
3: bunch of tunes. I think that he also had a team, but I, I don't know that much either to be 100% honest. I just know that, I think he wrote all these records, yeah. all these tracks. Um, he also did a record called Go Back where he covered a bunch of tunes like George Harrison and yeah. like Syrita and stuff like that. That was like later. Um See, I, yeah. I don't
4: know that much of
3: that stuff. Uh, but
4: yeah, I think... It's not
3: Gad, but I think he's on some of the stuff, if I'm not mistaken. I could be you know, mistaken. For, there's
4: some old blues tunes on here, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we should do... We'd have to include this if we... Well, but if, like, there's a record that someone didn't listen to mm-hmm. or something, but it's on, like, someone's, like, top list, then we'd go back and listen to it and then talk say about it? what we thought or something. Yeah, that's that a, that's might, a, good, that's a good, good idea. Might be interesting. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> Down. Read to me. Yep. Number six... Um, the talking heads more songs about buildings and food
2: mm. um i don't know much about the talking heads aside from the the three songs the bet played so this was <laughs> this was their third record don't
0: people know
4: what you're
2: talking i know about? that's the bridge baltimore based jam band
4: Your advertising <laughs> <laughs> just in case okay, so yeah <laughs> I, <just
0: derailed, laughs> I just derailed jordan's number 6 sorry <laughs> I was making sure my information was right. Um, <laughs> Talking Heads, more songs about buildings and food came out in 1978. It was their second record. It was the first record that they produced with Brian Eno. Yeah. Um, it didn't have. It it had like the one big hit, "Take Me to the River," was on here, um, which was uh, written by Al Green. No way. Yeah, Al version is awesome too.
2: And which is, exactly is a really great the river, version,
4: like the song I know. not about me to, to sing the river, it. Yeah, it's
2: yeah. Talking Heads did that. Yeah. Yeah. their the version, version was really famous too. That was like big their, hit. Their hit. Yeah,
0: yeah. that was what? like the big thing. I don't know if I've even ever heard that. That's yeah, definitely what took them, like, you know, that t- turned the page for them, brought them up a tier, or whatever. Wow. Yeah, they were already like doing well, but it was still early. Like, and the, what year t- is that? Seventy-eight. Talking and Heads really like didn't become the the mega group that they are until the 80s. Hmm. But take me to the first record. record with Brian, you know? Yeah, the first of 3. And but mm-hmm. it was their second record.
4: G- gotcha. Um did you ever listen to uh Nasty Sauce? Uh, what's the other uh, group that Brian was with Roxy Music? Yeah. Yeah. Roxy. Were you into them at all or
0: Not really. It was
4: a, like it was a little out there for me. It didn't have uh, all like, I know is that Brian Eno was heavily yeah. involved. Like, yeah, that's just what I'm, yeah.
0: And like it, di- it didn't have like enough consistency for me. uh uh-huh. there were simple songs, and like I'm, the, I'm like the king of simple songs, but for some reason Good it team. just didn't, didn't like, do it for me.
4: Yeah, I was just curious not to. But the Talking Heads, heads I think,
0: it. was like a, ri- a like a rhythmic thing, like their rhythm section was really solid, it wasn't flashy, mm-hmm. it kept you there. And David Byrne's antics and like the way he sings things is like unique. His voice like is his voice, didn't and I think his voicings are like you know kind of his thing.
4: Didn't Pigeons
0: do a Talking Heads tune?
2: Last they've week. they've done a they couple. Did. Well, they
0: did one last week at yeah at the show. They did a Psycho Killer. Yeah, I but mean, they they've true. done a couple. Like Burning Down the House oh, okay. is another you know big Talking Heads song. I feel like I mean like Fish does Cross-eyed and Painless does Cities. Like, a lot of bands have, you know, kept... I feel like even, like, kept the Talking Heads alive. Like, David Byrne has always, like, been successful and has, like, continued to make music, but a lot of other bands have, like, consistently covered Talking Head songs.
4: Yeah. There's a lot of Talking Heads cover bands, too. Mm -hmm. There
0: is. I mean, like, David Byrne, he doesn't do huge tours, and when he does big tours, they're in huge venues. They're not personal. The tickets can be pricey. Mm -hmm. and it's not the same so like for one of the that band like stop making sense is like in my opinion the premier talking heads band like my friends in baltimore have a talking heads tribute band called the psycho killers and they do a badass job but they also like jam stuff out and they take their own twist in the jams the songs are legit but they like really elongate it Mm -hmm. it's almost like if, like i guess like if you know a jam band was playing the talking heads but Stop Making Sense or whatever. They do
2: like the almost the exact the, show. Yeah,
0: he's got the suit with the pads, the yeah. big suit. He does all the dance Isn't moves. Isn't that, that Bethlehem are... based? I think I know a couple of times. Yeah, back. they're it's local. Yeah. Um, yeah,
3: Alex Ayal is in that band. Um, he played a lot for Swift Technique. But he he's plays keys?
0: Mm-hmm. No. But yeah, that's my, what, 6 mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel really good about that choice. <laughs> yeah. I'm happy about
2: that. Count it. <laughs> and one. oh <laughs> What do you got, Luke?
4: My six is Stevie Wonder inversions. Ooh, Ooh. is it I, intervisions? Intervisions, yeah. <laughs> inversions? Inversions, yeah. Inversions. Actually, couple, when I was looking at my list, bears.
2: and I and I almost put that on my list, I uh, thought it was inversions too. <laughs> this is this is when
0: the hot sauce takes effect. Actually,
2: Whoa.
4: <laughs> I think I have always. I, it's called that? Inversions. Uh, it- no, I Visions. I thought it was inversions too. In my
3: mind. But there's another record. That's one of the tracks.
4: Isn't there two records that have the same artwork though? Uh, Wait, no talking. It bo- looks like inversions, but there's two ends. And uh, B- I think I have dyslexia. It is inversion, but every time I've looked at every time I've looked at that, I thought it said inversions. I've never thought
0: so.
3: I think I have dyslexia. So (laughs) innocently.
4: No, No, I'm serious because I've never.
3: Yeah, no, I think they did a terrible job on the typography.
4: I was looking at like all musics just Times New Roman.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But I mean, on the record, it does look a little confusing. I find that some of his records from that era do look the same. It's like that orange and brown and yeah. and kind of that earthy tones. Like to- like the Talking Book, that record, and also yeah. Songs in the Key of Life has the same colors.
4: Yeah, yeah. It's yes. all the orange and brown and black. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. I think a lot of these, like earlier bands, I kind of got into from listening to people that did it, like uh, more currently, and then kind of going back and rediscovering. Because mm-hmm. like the first time I heard of this record was. Jesus, Children of America. Soul Live does a version of it. And I thought it was like an awesome tune. Yeah. So I looked it up and kind of got into that. And then the Derek Trucks band used to play Too High. So oh, I, I love that song. Got into that and Too then got me into this. But I ain't left the ground. But Living for the City's Higher Ground, obviously. That song. There's so play. many good songs in that record. Don't you worry about a thing, though. The, the living in the City
3: should be covered by every band. That song was fucking
4: awesome. That's an amazing song, yeah. Um, no. Golden Lady, I mean, every one of these tunes. Is just oh, golden Lady, Gold. Don't you worry. I really like Don't You Worry About a Thing, though. Great record. It's in my
3: honorable mentions. Unfortunately. I can't
4: believe I didn't know what the name of it was.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I think the first song is called, Swear to God, it in said a Inversions when I looked at it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Swear to God. It's God. A God. A <laughs> <in> Visions. <laughs> well, they just call it Visions. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm
4: still looking at it, and to me, it says <laughs> Inversions. <laughs> Yeah,
2: <laughs> I got some inversions in my mind.
4: It's good. Right, Rob Tate,
2: everybody. My number. are we. In, what number are we on? Six. Six. My number six is uh, "Layla and Other Assorted Love Songs." Nice. Derek and the Dominos, 1970. Oh. Classic. What love... else is on there? Because I... uh, so, dude, me. this album. Like growing up, I had the Eric Clapton box set. It's like this gray. I had it on CD, and then my dad had it on vinyl, and it was. Uh, it had like everything from the Yardbirds up through you know the 90s right but it had a lot of tracks from this album on it and it, so nobody knows we, nobody knows you when you're down or out mm-hmm. love that tune bell bottom blues is on it um any day mm-hmm. key to the highway of course layla um it's, why it's is love
4: got to be so bad Why why's love
2: got to be so bad
3: hey um with the nobody knows you when you're down and they're, they're li- sad what? little sad? wing too little wing yeah does he do it acoustically on that record, or is it electric? I think
2: it's electric. Okay. Because yeah. the, the version
3: cause, cause, I love is um, acoustic on the on the un- unplugged album. There's a no, there's like the benefit um, for Sandy or whatever. It was okay. Because like
2: well, thing. so so <laughs> we're a ways off. But when we get to the '90s, right? Clapton unplugged that record. Mm-hmm. He did nobody does it when you're down out. He did acoustic and that See, that version that enough. that whole record. I'm getting sidetracked now, but that 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 version is killer. It's that that whole that whole album is amazing to me, but um, but back to Layla, like that record, I I, I listened to that that thing so much growing up. It looks
4: like, sorry, that hey, guy just, that guy yeah. wrote tunes for Nina Simone and uh, who's that Ray Charles, and Sam Cooke, cool. um, nobody knows when you're down. And Out. Oh,
2: the dude that wrote that tune, yeah, hits man. Oh, Jimmy Cox, yeah, cool, That's interesting, but yeah. So any day, have you ever loved a woman? Keep on growing, keep on growing. Dude, Little Wing. Little Wing's a tune we should definitely cover too, I think. Oh, um, uh, definitely, yeah. But uh that that record, I've just listened to that record so much, dude. Mm-hmm. I, I love that album, man. So that's that's my number six. All right. What are we doing? Round right, number the, five. This is the nasty this is, sauce. This is
3: the this is the Hambone Relay Naster sauce. Nasty sauce created by Jordan August. You wanna describe this bad boy for our friends at home?
0: I will. It's um it's habanero, mm-hmm. is is you know, the the pepper, the hot pepper pepper involved uh carrot oh sorry cumin, cumin salt pepper um all my sauces are all vinegar based like they're louisiana style i did thicken this one up so it's not super watery um it is black pepper heavy um what else did I th- yeah onion there's nothing sweet or anything in this one it's pretty like straightforward thick sauce
4: good. it's hmm. good is this is the one you gave us in vials yeah yep I ate this with chinese food
0: <laughs> it's good the and same like, <clears throat> thing for like Chinese food and pizza I think the hard like the hard part with making hot sauce is like you want it to be hot but you don't want it to like last forever and I've noticed that like when you use certain peppers certain peppers have like a longevity of heat where habaneros are like really really hot but it will calm down but if you keep eating it like if you ate Ten wings of just the nasty sauce, mm-hmm. like you're gonna be on fire by the end of it. Mm-hmm. But you can like because it
3: keeps getting you to the, that next level. Just exactly like okay. you never
0: really cool down. So like that heat is just like constantly hmm. affecting you. I think when you eat one of them, you know, like the way we are, it's not gonna ruin your day. The way like these these are gonna these like, three at two or three at I'm ready for that. I'm excited.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey hey, what's up, everybody? It's Mark from Hambone Relay. We hope you all are enjoying listening to us eat chicken wings and talk about our top 10 albums of the 1970s. Awful lot of lip smacking going on. Before we get on to our top five albums of the 1970s, I just wanted to take a minute to remind everybody, don't forget to get your tickets for our show at Milk Boy next Saturday, February 29th. Um, We'll be playing with our friends Suburban Sensi, Squaring the Circle, and John Gilbride. It's gonna be an awesome show, so get your tickets now. You can go online, go to the Facebook event, go to our website. Or you can go to Milk Boy's website and pick up your tickets. And don't forget, you'll be able to buy our new line of hot sauces at the show on February 29th. Each bottle of sauce comes with a free music download that you won't want to miss. Up to 14 songs in total. And now without any further ado, here are our top five albums of the 1970s. Plus some hot sauce and chicken wings.
3: Alright, so I'm at my number five. And um, I know this will be much higher than everybody else's list, I think. uh, This is my number five. It's mostly because I didn't know it I enough know as it a is. kid. It's Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's it. That's one of those records you can listen from top <laughs> to bottom. I'm curious what you guys thought it was going to be. But um, that record is... Just awesome. I want to cover "Brain Damage" into "Eclipse" so bad as an organ trio because I think we can get that volume and that full sound. Like when you go to that six eight part at the end. Oh yeah. All you create. It's just like.
2: That's actually like I don't think I think no one would see that coming. Mm -hmm. An organ trio doing Pink Floyd would be. I'm telling you, if you ended a show with,
3: like, like, like. Last song. Encore something else. But like you go into like for something funky and then you break down into that guitar riff. The and then like organ does the, the the verse part. Oh, I got goosebumps.
4: Ooh. It'll be awesome. We should do it if you feel that. Oh. <laughs> oh, it would be so good. It. That would be, that would be
3: <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And then you get to the 6-8 part which is Eclipse and then the guitar would take over. oh Let's do it. I got, I got goosies as my people call
2: them. but We're going to actually stop the podcast and rehearse now. And <laughs> Love it.
3: I love it. All right. Anyway, that's my number five.
0: Uh, My number five, Stevie Wonder, Songs in the Key of Life. Ooh. Um, Like, Stevie Wonder albums could just make it, you know, could be a whole top ten. Sure. Yeah. Um, This one, I remember my mom, like, playing when I was a kid and dancing around, like, We lived in this like weird duplex, but we had like the first floor in the basement and the kitchen was in the basement. (laughs) Fumble. Um, And there was like this exhaust fan built into the wall. So like the window to look outside was like kind of above your head and there was this weird exhaust fan and my dad would sit there and smoke cigarettes like but he would never leave the fan like so, th- so <laughs> like, he, he didn't like right. smoke in the house but he was in the house you right. know it's so, like right. the cig itself was going around the window his smoke was going out the window and i remember my mom like you know cleaning up dinner or like even cleaning up like trash uh after like oh, wrapping uh, unwrapping christmas gifts and stuff like that this record was on um what's on here
2: Sir Duke on that. Sir Duke. Yeah, okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Isn't She Lovely? Oh yeah. I so Joy pretend, Inside My man. Tears. I know. It's ridiculous. How do you write so many fucking hits, dude? Well, and like... <laughs> uh, there is something out there that says so, yeah. Stevie Wonder's been stealing Dunes for I, I Wish,
0: Knocks Me Off My Feet, Pastime Paradise. Uh Paradise, um, yeah. If It's Magic, As, Another Star. I mean, like, th- there's so many good songs on oh, all of his records, but yeah. this one was like another, like... Just like um, <laughs> inversions. <laughs> That's the it's, first time I've ever heard that it wasn't called inversions. I swear to God. It's but insane. yeah. I mean, <laughs> so it's definitely a pass up. Sir Duke is like one of those songs that. I've always loved, and I've never taken any time to learn that riff. Yeah.
3: We just did that at the birthday jam. Yeah.
0: And I was like- I didn't. I, was <laughs> I sat like, it out. Um, <laughs> Sir Duke. I always Bam. lay out with that part. <laughs> I, <da-da-da,
3: laughs> I, I was shocked that everybody ba-da-da. was sitting in and knew the lick. I was like, oh, That's I'll what, play the tune dude, before.
0: I was sitting, I'd, and I didn't sit in on that either, and I was like, no fucking way. These guys know this. I'm going to learn it
3: now. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'd never played with them before ever. It was Ethan- um a guy on base i never heard of heard of he was mochi awesome. was that mochi Mo- mochi that's it and he was then, good uh, he was really good. Uh, uh uh was she well, gabe what who was it and then there was a sax player named gabe that was playing oh, too okay. or keegan i don't forget who was playing it who oh yeah probably all yeah but uh and then uh, anthony was playing keys but like yeah they all played the riff and oh. i was like oh okay yeah. and, and i, I, I
0: took <laughs> a video of it because i was just like dude who's gonna fucking train wreck this yeah. Oh, you were expecting us? Yeah, to but fall it, apart? it was good, it was and good. it was really, really yeah. good. And yeah. then yeah. I, I was like, "Shit, I have to learn it because mm-hmm. I can just tease that, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh, what hell yeah. What a
2: cool tease! Yeah, you could stop teasing that fish song. Exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey,
2: my new tease. It's gonna be Sir Duke. Hey, good. New tease?
1: <laughs> All right,
4: what do we got, Sir Duke? Mister Luke, we're on number five. five. Yeah. yeah, buddy. Stayin to on. be honest, I wrote down. Fourteen, and I'm kind of like struggling, you're having trouble finding. I, yeah, dude,
2: I actually have some, I have some ones that are like tied for numbers, but I'm gonna throw yeah, them in my tough. honorable mentions because it was so tough.
4: Seventies are hard. Seventies are guess really I'm, tough. I've been approaching this as what's been the most influential to me. Same. I don't know if, don't know if that's keep selfish. it real, brother. So I guess root down, Jimmy Smith is is the one right. I would pick. I was gonna, well, I'll oh, say yeah. now. I wonder that's,
3: if that made your That's
0: definitely on marks.
4: I was gonna say. The other one would be in the aisle. <laughs> <laughs> Called out. What year, what year was that record? 71 or 70? Pretty early. I think it was 71. Was it Gabriel's Arrow? It
3: track the, two? Or what's track two? Yeah, Sag, was, shooting Sag, Sag shooting his arrow. Sag shooting his arrow.
4: But that was like the seminal record, like, growing up, that it was like, I'd go out. 72. And watch these working players and stuff, and that's what they would all reference, and it was just kind of like... Yeah. The absolute ground level foundation of what mm-hmm. everything else is built on is mm-hmm. the, the, the way they kind of made it seem, and I, I still agree. Like with the way I hear music stuff that was at the uh, entry level of my beginning to Yo play. Man, and stuff.
3: So good. What do you think it
4: is? <laughs> 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 I think Even, it's like, the heroin. Even like the beginning of SAG <laughs> shooting is there, like he he just he's like joking and shit. right. Yeah. Like, well, I always was like, wait, what the fuck? He's <laughs> like, we'll, we'll find out what we're calling this later. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and it's so loose, too. And mm-hmm. this is like... But I'll the look. energy there and the vibe is there, and it's like it sounds like a party, and it, it sounds like a loose kind of they're so hanging loose. out. So
2: like, I do have to ask: So what in the hell is a guitar player doing in root down? What I've, is he doing? I've, I've I I, I, him don't, up. I don't know. I've looked him up
0: a
3: couple times. <laughs> when I went to, to, to learn that, I was like, we looked this up. You
2: don't, we,
0: don't, we
3: looked don't, this up together. It was like a don't blues. do what he
2: does. No, <laughs> it's like
3: a blues guitar player that's just like holding on for dear yeah, life. Yeah, I like him
2: though. I mean, I don't know if I. It's it's like
4: a vibe.
2: I mean, he's. I mean, it's like a vibey thing. Like it's cool. Like what he's doing is perfect for that record. But well, what it's else like would you so want to do? Weird. What else would I want? Well, I mean, it's perfect. I think
4: it kind of makes... I mean, it has a distinct vibe, and it's not, like, good, good, but I think it, like, it adds to the vibe and, like, the looseness and the, like, well, the kind of, like, chaotic nature
2: of it. And It's kind of like... I, what I'm saying, for that record, it is, like, it's super loose, and every tune is super chaotic. Everything yeah. is just, like, <laughs> what's happening right now? Oh, cool. Again, <laughs> yeah, you know heroin. I mean? Yeah. Like, even, like, when... Smith plays the melody on tunes. It still seems like he's soloing sometimes. You know what I mean? It's like he's so. Searching for I know, like, I know. Yeah. <laughs> But it doesn't matter though. You know. So like, I just I just don't like. I've never I, I love that record. I just have never got what the guitar player was doing. Well, you know yeah, I mean?
4: I'll agree with that. I've never like dug in and be like. Really be like, let me really check out what he's doing because right. I'm gonna cop that. I'll tell you but it, something I still don't know what I'm doing. It, <laughs> I definitely don't. But it's a cool, it's a cool right, vibe. It's a mystery actually, to all of us. I was actually listening to, I listened to it today when I was doing this, and there's one, uh, I think it's, it's root down, at the end of root down they they change on the one. <clears> yeah. He gets in this like train of thought thing where he does this like crazy fast run. For like two minutes and it's like and i was like what the fuck is he thinking but it was cool because it's like funky as shit and it's like who who would play that yeah jimmy smith Jimmy would play Smith, that. man and it's because he was just like he gets he can get away with it he gets <laughs>
2: lost in these moments like it, it, even in his earlier jazz stuff he'd like he'll get lost for like two minutes and i don't when i say lost i mean i he's know he's not what lost mean. in the yeah. form he's like lost in what he's doing and he'll like he'll like go harmonically super weird and then all of a sudden, he'll just bring it back with, like, like a yeah. blues lick. You know what I mean?
4: But that's why I love him. Because right. he, like, he has conviction in it. And I'm mm-hmm. just like,
2: yeah, like, believe in your playing like that. And just, it is what it is. Right. It is what it is. what it is, And he takes it places. But I love that he, he comes from that blues school. But he, and he takes it places. But he always kind of comes back to his, it's like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. And then. Oh, it's Jimmy Smith. You know what I mean. Yeah, and and, and he's of all the organ players, of, of all the keyboard players in the jazz funk world. When Jimmy Smith plays, you know it's Jimmy Smith. Yep, sure. and so that's
4: the, the most sought after trait to mm-hmm. have.
2: Yeah, an identifiable
4: print. For and sure. yep, like people
0: that, uh, where were we? We were in um, Charlottesville, and someone was like, "I can't believe you guys play a Jimmy Smith song." Oh yeah, and like, <laughs> that's awesome. You know oh, somebody it, recognized it. Yeah. I, I didn't. I was out that. front, like we were, like we were loading out. You know, I was like hanging by the trailer while you know people are grabbing stuff, and someone was like, "Dude, great set!" I was like, "Oh, thanks." Blah blah blah. blah. <laughs> I can't believe you played a Jimmy Smith song. And I was like, "Hey, man, we fucking organ player. He loves Jimmy Smith. Why yeah. wouldn't an organ man play a Jimmy Smith song?" Hell yeah! And he was like, "Dude, no one does that." What's the new sauce, by the way? He he got the new I ate it. I know but the top. You know, the top. Oh, the top. Oh. Oh, the
2: top. So, uh.
0: After you're done, we'll talk about the next song. Cool,
2: and I have to pee too. We'll we'll get to that in a minute. Mm-hmm. We'll t- <coughs> Can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> mm-hmm. We'll go. Anyway, number five. Like number five is a uh, Machine Head by Deep Purple. Oh, here we go. The year, I think, the year is seventy-two, and uh, classic classic rock album. First of all, we've we've talked. We don't have to keep you know. We've talked so much about how much I love. I'm like a guitar player in an organ player's body. Mm-hmm. And John Lord kind of brought that to the forefront for me. His playing, his writing, and that album is is probably the pinnacle classic Deep Purple album. Um, it has "Smoke on the Water" on it. It has "Lazy," which is a great tune. It has "Space Truckin'," which we've we've played in this band. Um, it has "Maybe I'm a Leo," "Pictures of Home," all incredible yeah. tunes, all classic rock staples. Um, definitely Smoke on the Water, Lazy, and Space Truck. And, oh, and Highway Star, too. It opens with Highway Star, what? which is Damn. Highway Star is the first, the first track on that record. Like That album is probably their best album, and, and they've had so many different lineups over the years, um, but that lineup with Ian Pace on drums, Roger Glover on bass, Richie Blackmore on guitar, John Lord on organ, um, and Ian Gillen on lead vocals is the best lineup that that, that band has ever had, and that record showcases it for mm-hmm. sure so and, yeah and that, that's what that album my dad had again my dad had that album and that turned me on to Deep Purple and to the what the organ can do in rock and roll you know awesome so
3: I don't know much about Deep Purple I'm excited to
2: dive in it's another one where
4: the first time I heard maybe I'm a Leo it was uh, Government Mule
2: oh really they covered yeah, that and no I was way. like
4: that's a fucking badass tune and then I went back and checked and Highway Star just like the scream Dude. in it you know it Dude, like,
2: Highway Star is so good um there's a there's a video. I, I may have told one of you guys this story, but th- there's the there's this video of the their last tour with Richie Blackmore. Okay. And I think I told may have told you this, but they're doing they're doing highway. It, it's like late '70s, right before they kicked him out of the band. Early '80s, whatever it was, when right? oh, they man. kicked him out of the band. And they're doing Highway Star, and there's that moment in Highway Star where Blackmore solos, and he does that he does that fast sixteenth thing, and John Lord jumps on it with him, and they're doing it in yeah. like a harmony. Mm-hmm. And they're doing that and. Like they, no one, they, he wasn't talking to anybody. They were they hated each other that, at that point. So he walks nice. over to John Lord, and they, they're like, "He's John Lord's doing his thing, and Richie Blackmore's doing his thing." And Richie Blackmore walks over to the organ, stops playing the lick that he's supposed to be playing with John Lord, picks up John Lord's beer that was sitting on his organ, and throws it at him, <laughs> no. and then walks away and keeps playing like nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's great. Like and then like after that tour, they 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 booted him out of the band, but.
4: That's also the first time I've seen. I don't know where the concerts were, but uh, someone lift up the organ and smash it, or like, oh, dude, you know, lift it up and then throw. It. it sounds like a like a Fender amp when the reverb tank goes. So yeah. so
2: cool, dude. I, there there's videos of him like standing on it and yeah. stuff. And this is. I know we're getting sidetracked. This this is off topic, but uh, him and Emerson uh, Keith Emerson were crazy with like I've seen pictures of Keith Emerson throw daggers at his at the keys yeah, have no you seen shit. that no i don't know much about that he though. like he like he tips the organ up on its end and then he takes like a set of daggers and he throws them and he hits the keys like he plays like that's a scale or whatever fucking wild it's fucking crazy dude Whoa. it's
3: awesome next in the handband really
2: yeah right? get some, yeah, that's tricks, some right? rocking yeah i know. you <laughs> got <laughs> to ma- get, <laughs> get the
0: matchbook the one going trick going that you have is we got to play the finger the one note I remember we were doing some jam and I was like do that again (laughs) (laughs) but in the middle of a show (laughs) I think it was at Heritage or something hey do
3: that again (laughs) (laughs) alright here's my number four Rob Tate number four it's this I pull it up <laughs> <laughs> Anticipation Marvin Gaye's What's Going On Ooh, Classic record um, If you want to watch a documentary on it please go watch uh, Standing in the Shadows of Motown they talk about it ad nauseum I will not do it justice but the, the, the craziest story about this record is that James Jamerson was hammered when he played the What's Going On bass line and he was laying on his back and someone was holding up the music above his face and he's playing the bass, hammered, and, and it's one of the most epic <laughs> bass lines of all time. That's awesome, and just just the whole album is wow. so influential. There's so much storyline behind everything. It's it's <laughs> great, and I can't. What?
2: That's a great record.
3: You guys suck, man. I'm no, not, dude. I'm not, not you're laughing in at you. They're, they're loving, you. they're laughing. They're laughing at me.
2: You. Do? Because I'm dumb. I'm a drunk, It's dude. like one of the oh, first... You, oh, you were trying all your beers? <laughs> <laughs> was de- 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 I was trying to decide which beer had the most beer in it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> which one needed to be finished first, you know? I
0: think what's going on is, like, people know that song, and they just kind of push past that record. They shouldn't. I mean, like... Well, obviously, they shouldn't. Like, Inner yeah. Inter- yeah. City yeah. Blues. Yeah, dude. Inner City Forget Blues. I'm just saying, yeah. like, the average person. Did yeah, we
2: play right. Right. that? We played that with Tuck Ryan, right? Yeah. Recently? He sang
3: yeah. it at Tellus 360. Yeah,
2: that, great um, tune, man.
3: Just the whole the whole record is like oh, yeah. epic. And it's like the session players of Detroit at the time. Yeah, it's insane. For sure. Hitsville, USA, baby. I still want to check that room out. Have, has anybody been there? Where? What room? The Hitsville, USA room. The I room where they recorded all those that. hits. In the documentary, they go there, but like it's not big at all. It's like a, mm. like a sixth of this room. Maybe an eighth. Oh, really? It wow. is small. They're like really crazy. close together. A couple mics. That's cool. But anyway.
0: I like small rooms.
3: This
4: is tough. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you like
0: small rooms, Jordan? Every, I like being real close to everyone. <laughs> I remember when Jordan August Band opened up for the and at Ramshead Live. We were a power trio at the time. Bridge is headlining. Bridge who is that, who is Head, headlining? The Bridge, yeah, the Baltimore bass, the, the Baltimore yeah. bass, <laughs> the Bridge was headlining, and the drums are up on this like massive riser, like center stage, and Kenny was using my gear. And Kenny was pushed off to stage right, so I wasn't moving anything. So that's where I set up, and the bass rig is pushed off, neck, you know, like pretty tight up against your organ. Mm-hmm. So the trio comes up, we go to play, and it's I don't know, it's like a thirty-five foot wide stage, like yeah. no exaggeration of feet. And so I was like, the drums are up there, <laughs> and like oh, really? over There's there. risers and shit. Yeah, and then my risers, bass player yeah. is way over there and we're used to playing like the eight by ten where everyone's like right there if you want to talk about what's happening next or you're in a jam you can right. just like lean in and talk to one another and i was like dude yeah. oh no <laughs> i know, know that what to feeling do, yeah. and just became like blind jams which i think at the time we learned a lot but
2: yeah. <laughs> it was a learning experience it was a learning
0: experience what's your number four joy my number four is bitches brew by miles Ooh, Davis. nice um why Um, Miles Davis is always pushing the idea of jazz. Mm -hmm. This was a jazz record that topped U.S. R&B charts. I think it was like number number eight. Wow. It was number, yeah, R&B hip-hop album, number four.
1: Okay.
2: Wow.
0: Right? It's crazy. Mm -hmm. That's pretty crazy. And also, the... Side two, and it was a two LP, so side two of four was was just Bitches Brew, and it was a 26-minute song. Yeah. And so for
2: an album, the top charts with a 26-minute song. That has- Chick Corea's mm-hmm. on that, right? On a couple tunes? hmm And J- John McLaughlin's on it, too, yeah. right? Yeah. It's massive. I, I mean... Chick
0: Corea, John McLaughlin,
2: Dave
0: Holland. Oh, wow. Well, Billy Cobham.
1: Wow.
3: Luke, correct me, because I know you know more history about this, but this record was very much a lot of chopping right like they chopped a lot of sections together to make it yeah, it was, uh, a song. Yeah. yeah it was what's name?
4: tio massero yeah that was blasphemy for jazz mm-hmm. you yeah know. well i know all they records... some
3: some sections together but this was straight up like full sections making oh huge it huge, yeah. huge yeah, so, yeah. Like the, the, the,
0: the info about it says that it was the it pioneered the application of studio use for jazz music featuring hmm. stacks of edits. Wow. In the you know,
3: so. Which is insane unto itself because everything's yeah. being improvised and you have to make it static and make everything match. And then, mind you, there's like, how many players on Just Bitches oh, Brew alone? Oh. Like 12, 13? Uh, That's insane.
0: Yeah, 15 players. It's <clears throat> crazy. Yeah.
3: Anyway. But yeah, I yeah, mean,
0: that was, yeah. that was, you know, I think I talked about it with like another Miles Davis record, on the sixties thing. How like yeah. jazz? First, you know, for me in in the nineties was like, tss, 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 <laughs> yes. you know, oh, yes. guys yes. in fucking right. black suits with black ties, yeah. just playing a bunch of adult chords quietly in the corner while people drank martinis. Where <laughs> this was like jazz, mm-hmm. and it was experimental, and it was like what that musician wanted it to be and wanted to do with their instrument.
3: Luke, what's your number four?
4: Number four you say?
3: Yeah. <laughs> no. Number four you <laughs> say? <laughs> You're
4: my great grandfather. <laughs> what, do you, what do you got? I think mine is a tribute, four, a tribute to Jack Johnson. Ooh. Miles Davis. Awesome Miles. Uh hit a lot of the same notes as I think you just talked about Jordan. The first time I heard this record was I was like kind of just Started to get serious about guitars like a little bit after college and my dad has this like little jazz fest thing he does in Chester Springs and there's this guy, really? uh, yeah, he, there's this guy, uh, Al Moretti, he's a trumpet player and he wanted me to like come and sit on a song and I was like, oh fuck, like, <laughs> 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 sounds awesome, but shit. And he was like, yeah, check out Tribute to Jack Johnson, like it's kind of vibe I'm going for, cause I loved Hendrix and I was like deep into that stuff and didn't, didn't know anything about jazz. Uh, still don't know much, but, you know, so that was the kind of world I came from, the rock mm-hmm. stuff. And he, uh, I remember I was with my friend at Brigantine. We had just graduated college. And so, like, we were hanging out and doing a lot of drinking and partying and stuff. And What's that like? one day I, <laughs> I, like, went out on the beach and, like, was like, all right, I'm going to check out Jack Johnson, do my homework, and, like, see what kind of vibe it was. And I, I did not expect it at all <laughs> to be like that. And just, like, it comes in with this, like, awkward shuffle not awkward but like strange shuffle type thing mm-hmm. and Billy Cobbs playing drums and John McLaughlin's is playing these like chords that I was like what the fuck <laughs> and this is like it's super rocking but it's like angular and like chaotic and kind of but it has like the spirit of the Hendrix stuff but like a different color to the whole thing yeah, and sure. I just think the whole record is like just paints this it's only two tunes right so it's like uh a little more of that Right off and yes now. I might be botching it because I have dyslexia. No, right off and yes, but uh, and Inver- Miles', Inver- inversions. <laughs> miles tr- miles's trumpet comes in after like two or three minutes or something, and just like the first couple notes he hits with like tape delay and shit, I was just like, this is really cool. I listen, I've I've listened to it like so many times, and just there's so many different things in there that kind of like hit different notes in the way they put everything together and the continuity of the record. Mm-hmm. And like there's this riff like halfway through that John McLaughlin plays that like the band just kinda of vamps over that just has this almost like a feel like cootie vibe, kinda of like this like continual like th- trance type thing. I don't know. I don't <laughs> I don't have articulate words to describe the experience I had but well, that, I like
0: it, the idea of it. I I don't I've never listened to this record so
4: Oh you should definitely check you would yeah. love it. Yeah, it's really cool. Awesome guitar playing, drumming. Herbie Hancock is on it, and he plays organ. Oh no! no shit. shit! Really? Yeah, he comes in. He kind of like came to the session and just like jumps on the organ and plays, really non-conventional like mm-hmm. organ type stuff. And it's That's just, awesome. it's just a cool record. I don't Who's know on bass? On on I think it's Dave Holland, but it no. should be. Sometimes jo- I love John McLaughlin. Sometimes, except for me, it gets a little. Michael Henderson. Tough. Base. Mark, you changing yours up now?
2: No, 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 no. I'm uh, just. I'm writing my list as we go because I forgot one. <laughs> uh, yeah so that's cool one. so my number four is uh one more from the road by leonard skinnerd There it is which was which was there which was their live album that came out in 76 which <clears throat> they were they were at that point al cooper of blood sweat and tears and Did uh you say pooper al, maybe <laughs> al pooper <laughs> al pooper Al Cooper had produced them, and they were, and Tom Dowd, who also produced the Allman Brothers, had produced them, and they were, they were, they were huge at that point. They just played uh, Wembley Stadium with the Stones and blew piece. them out of the water, like, and and then they they put out this live album. and They just hired Steve Gaines as their new guitar player, and he just blew them away. He was like this real shreddy, tasteful, like country picking guitar player who could rock and play the blues, and he could also sing. And up to that point. Ronnie Van Zant had been the only vocalist in the band and now here this other guy came came along. He was like 22 years old and it just it took the band to another level. And forget Sweet Home, Alabama and that shit. Damn, like all the other the other like working for MCA and I ain't the one. and the 15 minute version of Freebird at the very end of that song is the most famous <laughs> version of that song. And it's, what it's, are the other tracks on that? Heard? It's got a assertion, simple man. It's, it's like a greatest hit's basically Tuesday's gone. Uh, Give me three steps. Um, Sweet Alabama. And you wait, you said it's, uh, I'm ignorant. It's a,
4: it's a live record or it's, it's a, a live record. It okay. was
2: recorded live at the Fox Theater in Atlanta. Yeah. Cool. Um, and it's, it's like, it, it was like the prime of Leonard Skinner because in less than a year from the, the, this album be recorded, being recorded, the, the plane crash happened. So it yeah, was, so like, was like, they were like, it's the end of 76. Mm-hmm. The plane crash happened in October of 77. So about mm-hmm. a year from then. Damn. So, um, but like they were, they, they were at their peak. They were playing their best, and it was just, it's just, it's incredible record. And it's it's a greatest hits too. It's literally all their hits that you hear on the radio, plus other tracks as well. I
0: love so, "Give Me Three Steps."
2: Fuck yeah, dude. And in that live version, he, he even says, uh, and they they cut it out all the all you won't hear it on the radio. But after the first verse, he says, "Oh, I'm not gonna fight him over his cunt." <laughs> total, total like a Southern rock moment. You know what I mean? But <laughs> do,
4: we do, do you have an like a adult rating on this show? here? Well, yeah. well you can
2: say whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> but but like, 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 and I always, I never realized that's what he was saying. My dad was like, uh, yeah, come it's on. Like so. TNUC, I never
4: knew what that was. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah.
2: Which is also a, a killing. Killin but anyway, yes, yeah, so that's my number four. 76. Sick, bro. Skinner, bro.
3: Here's our next hot
0: sauce. I can't. See. It's Karma sauce. It is the Karma sauce.
3: I don't know this one.
0: It smells spicy. <clears throat> it's spicy. It's actually it's a it's the only gluten-free sauce on mm. the table. Uh, red pepper, butternut squash, and uh, I'm pretty sure it's a ghost pepper sauce. Sweet potato. Mm. App. It's an apple cider vinegar. vinegar this is one of my favorites. It's got honey in it. Um, put a
4: lot on my wing. We'll see what
0: happens. Yeah, I put a lot on mine Food. too. I can, I can taste the know. sweet
2: potato and the honey in there. Yeah, it's cool. It's like kind of
0: sweet. there's like this, It is it. sweet, but it's like. A, 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 there you go. <laughs> yeah, <I'm get laughs> that was it. an accident, brother. Sometimes, like when you eat sweet sauces, like I think like the very first sauce that we ate, the, the, um, the tiger sauce, like that's just like super sweet, has a little <laughs> kick to it. Right. This like the sweet is like. Really, part of like the whole sauce. Okay. This is this is a good one, and this is one that Let's I go. got this from the Heatnust website. Oh, cool!
3: You have to edit all this out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no. you good? Okay. Holy shit!
0: It's a hot one. It is a hot one. That's creeping. Man, I'm
2: feeling that one. one. I'm, I'm
0: feeling that one. one. I put a lot of my mouth. Lips burn. I
4: brought chapstick too. Yeah, I'm feeling a little numb there. Yeah. <sighs>
2: <laughs> this is really good. Really good podcasting, guys.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, you can't feel the sensations in my mouth, but I feel like I can't talk anymore. Um, no, really. Oh, there it is.
0: Oh. Hold on.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is where. These were. This is rated a nine out of ten. up. Uh, for heat, and these are ten out of ten.
4: I'm so mad I have to go first. It was pretty hot. <laughs> pretty hot, yeah. I put the most out of all of them. Oh, I put the one? most on my wing, <laughs> yeah. I did too.
0: I got a little cocky with that one, without a doubt. Hold
2: up. can some of those chips, bro. Yeah,
4: it's like the beer helps, but then it doesn't help because you get drunker. There's another that'll help. That what I
2: So at this point in the show, we all had to take a short break to uh, run around the block, use the restroom, hopefully wash your hands, and uh, just collect ourselves. So in the meantime, here's some sweet intermission music. (laughs)
4: <laughs> controlled deep breaths. Okay. But well, yeah, so, I mean, you're pretty much So, fucked. my number three... Man, that was the first one that got me.
3: <sighs> that one's got me too. Right, I'll talk to it. Okay. All right. Okay, my number three is Bruce Springsteen's The Wild, The Innocent, and the E Street Shuffle. So... Who year is that? I think it's 73. Hmm. I have to double check. Um, holy shit. Sorry, the wing finally hit me. I feel like I'm on hot ones now. Um...
0: Son of a bitch.
2: I think, <laughs> I think I got a little cocky on that one, too. I was like, oh, whatever it is. fine. I was like, I didn't put it up on. Yeah, that was... No
0: one
3: awesome. touched their dick after this shit either. Be careful.
0: 1973.
3: Okay. So the reason why this is so high is because this is the record that made me want to play music. It's not a perfect record by any means. Um, New York City Serenade at the end of the record. is a stupid song. Right. Yeah, I don't know why it's on there, but Rose lead is on there. Oh. Uh, incident on 57th Street, oh. East Street Shuffle... 4th of July Asbury Park is one of the best ballads of all time I just wish it was more famous and Kitty's Back is one of the best jams of all time too Um, it's the album that made me want to play music it was uh, Springsteen's original drummer who was like a sort of a jazz guy that turned into rock and his time is awful but (laughs) it suited the song when it did there were not too many times where I took away from it it's always epic. It's always heating. It's always pushing faster, 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 and that's kind of why I rush things. So, but that record's number three for it's me. Kinda that's kind of why I rush things. He's like he's one of my, um, one of my dudes. Um, <laughs> Mad Dog Lopez is his name. And okay. he's, he's epic. He actually was fired from the band, and that before the Born to Run uh, sessions. Oh, really? And then there was a guy that was playing, played Born to Run, and then left the band. And then they got uh, Max Weinberg. Oh wow. Uh, but The Wild, The Innocent And the East You Shuffle Made me want to play music And that's my that's story
4: awesome. I'm gonna stick to it How did you first Listen to it?
3: My dad Had the The album And whenever he played Rosalita We usually played it A couple times in a row <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And uh, It's But like this, It's It's so well crafted Everything's got like you know, a part <clears> That song is Unbelievable I'm a really seriously Play that song um, Mark will never let no. He hears
0: Springsteen,
2: his butthole clenches up a little bit. Song,
0: so. You have to think of it in the form of an organ trio. It's right. so many riffs.
2: So many riffs. So many riffs. But I'm, I'm, ex- open, I'm open to trying it. Okay.
3: <laughs> we have to. No, you're not. Right, no, no, right, shit. right now, I'm just Did trying to keep it together right <laughs> now. Right
2: now, I'm just trying to keep my shit together. I'm open <laughs> to trying <laughs> it. No, I'm serious. I'll try it. What are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Suck a taint, Mark. I just went... You do one of these, styles.
0: Dude, the hot sauce is fucking hot. Um, okay, yes. I'm finally
3: cooled down. Um, I, had to do, I had to do a lap. But that song is epic, and the album's epic, and I love it. Anyway, Jordan, you're number three, please, so I can stop talking.
0: Uh, Jordan August here. <laughs> <Pal> I'm <Myrani journey. laughs> Brother!
3: Um, my number
0: three, Led Zeppelin, four, Zoso. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Uh, good. That's a good one, dude. Um, I, I don't, you know, like Led Zeppelin two I think, was, you know, like. <laughs> you play some Stairway, bro. You know, yeah, exactly. was the first song, or the first Zeppelin album that I heard, which was awesome. Right. But Led Zeppelin four was the one that, to this day, I could put on and sing you every song. mm an octave down but you know <laughs> but you, can you know, sing it all but I could time. sing it all you know and like remember the words and it, like the riffs are sure. so timeless the whole record from beginning to end the musicianship is is it, that's just such a stellar album you know what I mean I could <clears> I could keep talking <laughs> about it um, yeah it's a but, great record it, but was, yeah. it was
2: my first the first Zeppelin album I ever owned actually it was, it was four
0: it, I, I can't remember if I got two or if I got four first
2: but I joined one of those one cent one penny CD clubs and, yeah. and that was the first Zeppelin album my boy. Yeah.
0: My mine was like a my father's hmm. vinyl collection yeah. you know so it was like sure. probably in the same day of listening to the two of them and, yeah. and in my head Led Zeppelin 2 and Led Zeppelin 4 are just one album to me yeah. just be like all the songs are so popular they're all hits they're Black Dog Black Dog yeah. you know
2: is Misty Mountain Hop on that? Uh, four. That's yeah. on it's four? on four. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, Black Dog, fun fact, another riff that I've never learned. And it's I've been like listening to it since I was then. like 11 or 12 years old. And I've It's so never... funny you
2: mentioned that because I was in Guitar Center today and somebody was fucking playing it horribly and I wanted to punch them in their <laughs> <Yeah>. throat. <laughs> That's the story of Guitar Center. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Every time I go to Guitar Center,
0: which is few and far between, but when I do go and decide to like play
2: guitar the first thing i play is stairway to heaven as a joke yes
1: <laughs>
2: i think i think if like there's a hell for musicians it's you're a you're a store clerk at guitar center and there's some kid just shredding the worst shit ever and he won't stop and you're like excuse me are you going to buy that and he's like no i'm just checking things out man It's moving on bro yep. that's that's hell for us dude but i like that's i mean
0: i go when i go to a guitar <laughs> center it's usually just to buy strings, sure. Um, but I, I feel like I always do sit down and like play something, you it. know, like that I can't afford. I pick up a bass. I pick up a Thunderbird bass <laughs> and just start, start shredding some fucking. There's no way you're gonna buy it. There's no way you're gonna buy it. Yeah. But like, I'm still like playing guitars and I'm like, oh, like do, you know, like if I could afford it, right? And I'm not saying I'm picking up like a ten thousand dollar like Paul Reed Smith fucking custom shop bullshit, whatever. I'm saying I'm picking up like some brand new you know like american stratocaster that has something special about right. it yeah. what's so special about it cool sounds like a strat <laughs> next yeah you know and then i'm done and yeah. someone's like are you gonna buy that <laughs> no i'm not gonna fucking buy that <laughs> no way i'm fucking yeah no got enough nah. got enough shit yeah i have an eastman <laughs> my eastman t386 <laughs> uh... <laughs> all right, I'm <laughs> fucking done. My mouth hurts. <laughs> Luke. Uh, Luke. Number three? Four. All right? Four. Four. No, three. Three. No,
4: three. 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 It's pretty <sighs> tough. And again, I'm just trying to think like what I, I guess, listened to the most and was like a part of my upbringing. The doors or the Doors are there? Th- it was between two Doors records and I think L.A. Woman the Doors oh. has, hey, has whoa, the for me. She have doors. <laughs> my friends and I used to like hang out all the time in high school and put this on and uh, I smoked so much <laughs> weed to that record same <laughs> <laughs> LA Woman's awesome Lover madly been down so long and there's so much blues influence in it that probably which would drew me in but then there's also like this strange element to it that was unique to the Doors that I like loved mm-hmm. Okay, I feel like all Carson's? the songs
0: were like really blues forward, but then they always had one part that was strange.
4: Yeah. It just had the strange tone to it. And Jim was like these like bellowing, drunken, yeah. like weird, right. like what'd you say? That boy ain't right. No, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> he seemed like an asshole, but he's a good singer. <laughs> well, I I don't know. <laughs> he's a good artist. I'll call him He's that. a good artist. Riders on the Storm, Crawling King with which is a John Lee Hooker tune, which I love. Nice. Uh, been down so long, yeah. So I would say that. What
2: year is that? 71? Seventy-one. Seventy-one. Seventy-one.
4: Cool. It was that or uh, Morrison Hotel.
2: Nice.
4: You made the right choice, "The LA Woman." LA Woman. Yeah. LA Woman is just a great tune. I mean, the whole tune that song, is just,
2: yeah. Mister
4: Mojo, talk about like halftime, like yeah. And what's that called? It's like if you rearrange the letters in a word palidrome so no. it's jim morrison mr mojo Ryzen.
0: oh so not a palindrome. Palodrome is the same word forwards as backwards what's the
4: yeah shit what is that word yeah i
2: don't know what are we talking about <laughs> well mr mojo
4: Ryzen <laughs> is jim morrison but rearranged or whatever.
2: oh really yeah really whoa Oh. Yeah.
4: Wow. that sounds like a tattoo
2: <laughs> <laughs> is it my number three it's, or, or is, it, is, that, is that what Yeah, I've
4: it. concluded my uh, statement
3: on that. <laughs> is that what's happening now? I don't know. And we're in the fourth grade.
2: So, uh, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like super struggling with, with, with this number three. I had some options and I couldn't like... I had some ties. But I think I got to go with... I think I, I got to go with almonds Live at the Fillmore. Fuck yeah. Yeah. I think,
0: Someone's got to do it.
2: Yeah, I it was tied with 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 an album that I think I, I pushed back to my honorable mentions, which was a Grand Funk record because I was going by what influenced me the most and what I listened to the most, and and yeah. Grand Funk Live, and Live the Fillmore are two albums that I just played the shit out of mm-hmm. growing yeah. up. So Live
0: <laughs> the Fillmore East.
2: Uh yeah uh yeah the whipping Post and yeah. the, the the classic one, um that shit fucking. States, the you know state'sboro film uh whipping post dude the, the hot sauce is getting in my face right dude, now dude wait dude but, <laughs> i'm uh, so ready but like That's whipping like right. that version of whipping post uh liz reed <laughs> like that that record just i i just i played the shit out of that my band in high school we played every song on that album we played you don't love me you know we did all yeah. that shit
4: like uh, Getting a, a bunch of blues tunes
2: yeah yeah i mean and, and it's so good man i mean Like that. That's like that. defined like again. Like that blues rock jam scene was kind of like that's where where I've always come from, and I learned so much from listening to that record. And I I read Greg's uh, autobiography, and and like where he was coming from when they cut. One thing that kind of blew my mind. I think I've told you guys about this is when like. If you listen, if you listen to Whipping Post, he's playing like an A major chord, yeah, half the time, and then yeah. in his autobiography, he's like, "Yeah, somebody asked me about that. He's like, I didn't know what the chords were. I yeah. just it sounded cool to me, so I played an A major." Was well, it
4: yeah. that that just authenticity looseness to it? It's just kind of like super, not loose. to discredit musicianship at all, but yeah. it's just there's something to that of just going for it, and like yeah, that you can feel it in that music. It's really alive and it's really spontaneous and they they mean it they're not cashing mm-hmm. it in right it's it was like
2: the, those records like it's honesty like those, exactly, those records yeah. were so yeah like i love another 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 alma brothers album that is probably gonna make my honorable mentions is brothers and sisters yeah which has jessica on it and yeah. stuff but like what sets live the Fillmore apart from that record and eat a peach and all those albums is it's so honest man i mean not, not that those other albums aren't honest but that record is just like this is us these are some tunes. A lot of these are just like classic, like Willie Dixon tunes, or like yeah. straight up classic blues tunes that they just took and did their own thing with. You know what I mean? But it's like they invented a generation
4: of reinterpretation. Of exactly. Like, right.
2: For sure. And, and that's kind of you know when I write when I write songs, I, I I bring that element to it. You know what I mean? Sure. Like that's, yeah, yeah. That that record kind of defined what what I did, and and from. The age of 16 on, I mean, we like I said, my band in high school played all those songs. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I was saying earlier, like, uh, I forget what I said. The Sabbath. Like, that's mm-hmm. a record yeah. that I
4: listened to when I was first 14 or whatever. And it right. still holds the test of time with them, yeah, like, sure. getting into all this other shit. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. crazy stuff. But then you come back and, like, it's still happening.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and yeah, it, it, That's one of those records. I'll also. be 90 years old and I'll still fucking that, that record. You know, like, yeah. you and I think years from now, too, You know, kids, high school kids will be listening to Whipping Post and be like, I'm going to cover that shit. I think
0: Fillmore East is an album that could be, like, time-capsuled for, fuck you know, if fucking Mankind was going to go to shit. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, that's a record that is going to stay. Did you get this? I didn't get it yet. And if you, like, I'm looking at the track listing, but I'm mainly looking at, like, the lengths of songs. I mean... Also, the Allman Brothers was a band, like, way ahead of their time. Like, sure. You know, yeah. they they wrote some serious hits, <clears throat> mm-hmm. but, like, live, they weren't, like, scared to yeah. do whatever the yeah. hell they wanted to do and, like, take a song where it needed to go. Like, uh, You Don't Love Me is 19 minutes. Yeah, the outro, that In is. Memory, Elizabeth Reed is 13 minutes. Granted, that is a long song to begin with, right. but then Whipping Post is the whole side four is 23 minutes long. Yeah, for sure. Like, it's a live album, but still, like... That was a live album that was on sale at a record store. Yeah. That shit
2: doesn't have anymore. No. you you fish.
0: <laughs> and Fish still like doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, like Fish yeah. puts out like a live record, but it's like a, there's a reason that you're buying their live record. It's right. not just oh, another live <laughs> mm-hmm. LP like a physical fucking vinyl. Yeah.
2: So good, man. That's crazy. It's my number 3. I do
0: have a Fish record that a live one right <clears throat> oh, okay yeah That the tweezer
2: on it, it is go to two sides is so long you have to flip it i do i will wow. say this i will say this i know we're, we're off topic a little bit but that alive one oh yeah is even though i'm not i'm not as big of a i was never like a huge fish fan that that record is probably a desert island record for me yeah because of the nostalgia that it holds with me and like all those tunes i could listen to over and over again the jams like Hey Rob Cool And then once more And now uh well, I forgot the words And then once more Now before I'm bouncing around the room That's Bouncing right. around the room Stop
3: <laughs> <laughs> Make it stop oh, You're up Number two No more Number
2: two bro No Hot sauce Second from Second How <laughs> much
4: sauce Did you guys put on I put a, a dollop I put now. put a heavy
0: Oof. Coating um, be yeah, I didn't do that. Bro. Oh, you did not do that. No.
2: That time then, okay. once again. No, because it messed me up that bad. I, the
0: one before,
3: and I was like, ah. Yeah, wait till you I'm, get to that one.
0: I'm, I'm pumped, dude. Let's do
2: this what's, shit. Uh, what's this? Like, my, is, this? Am I going is... to blow my anus out later or You're going
3: to blow your anus out anyway, <laughs> whatever you eat. I like how you roll, Luke. Look, at that's a fucking. Power to
0: you. That's uh, a man serving. <laughs> that. <laughs> that's a man serving. This is Zombie Apocalypse. Is this from, uh, this is from This is from the Heat Nist. This was featured on the hot ones for, for fucking a lot of episodes, on, buddy. before they changed it out. This is a scorpion pepper sauce.
4: Which one where in the lineup was it?
0: Uh, second to last or third to last It is perfectly placed. and this is right. this heat's like that's so it's like so dry. So this is the second hottest? This is the second hottest of our 10. All right.
2: All right. Yeah. I'm happy I did a dollop because it's still hot. All right. That is dry heat. heat. Dry heat. It's real dry. It's creeping. (sighs) Creep. All
3: right. Speaking of creep, let's talk about me and my number two. Here we go.
4: (laughs) (laughs) My number two is... Good
3: segue. (laughs) Thank you. Is Songs in the Key of Life by Stevie Wonder. Yeah. There are so many... Amazing songs songs that I want to do in this group. Um, yeah, squir- in circle. Uh, yeah, Squircle. Um, Contusion is one of the greatest instrumental songs of the 70s. If you gotta listen to it, it's badass, licks on licks on licks. It's so good. Didn't see a band
2: play that song one time
3: recently? I forget who, but yeah, but I love that song. And I mean, there's so many great tunes on this one too. Sir Duke, I wish, knocks me up. <laughs> we cuz we cause we've talked about it
4: already but like but I think they'll <laughs> go ahead go ahead
3: I'm sorry. And then one song we didn't mention was as mm. like yeah, was I, one yeah, of the I mentioned As, but yeah that song is fucking awesome I don't know if I know that one Um um always mm-hmm. yeah he's like <laughs> <Yeah>. That one.
4: <laughs> like 70% away the way there. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
3: Whatever. Anyway, good song. Always. It's just hits on hit, on hit, on hit. And just also the band's just fucking on fire and tight. And what's been said is, you know, been said already. <clears throat> so that's my number two. Number two
0: Michael Jackson Off the Wall. Ooh.
3: Wow. It was my honor. One of my own mentions.
0: I think that Michael Jackson was probably the highest played musician in my household growing up. For real? my dad was a big Michael Jackson fan, and I remember this album in general was always like, you know, like when you have your your records are stacked, you know, in your cabinet side to side, and you pull one out, you put it down, right. and you yeah. sit you sit that one there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there that was always sitting out. Oh, wow. My dad was listening to that all the time. Don't Stop Till You Get Enough. Obviously, household. But Get On The Floor, Girlfriend. Um, <laughs> and this whole album was produced by Quincy Jones, who oh, yeah, has yeah. produced oh, some yeah. of the best the records three, right? fucking
3: ever. This is the first um, of three for him and Michael Jackson, because they did it Off The Wall. They did... Um, thriller and they did that great
0: uh, yes correct you're <coughs> <Nailed it. laughs> you're
2: your are your, your number two is making me very sad right now i'm crying that is that is my number two <laughs> a, that is not further down the list no it's because it's the hot sauce
4: uh, <laughs> yes. the one before that got me worse uh, me too really I think volume we Because got, we got, we got well, confident that on number... On number uh, third, maybe third it was because I had more. We have to... Yeah. More.
0: Yeah. So I, I do have um this chopstick to help spread the very last sauce out. Mm. So I think, you know, cool. you can put it down.
4: You, you said you've had the bomb, right? or whatever. I've Which, had
0: the bomb. It tastes like fucking... That's
4: just... Hot. I've had this one at one point, but the bomb, like, fucked me up. The bomb is is like horrendous. Yeah, it's like mace. It's like it <clears throat> tastes like shit. It tastes like shit. That hurts. Hurts like, really why bad. Like,
0: why do I need this? What am I going to use
4: this for? Not yeah, me. it's unusable. For yeah, sure. I've made like big what? I've made
0: like big pots of <laughs> I'm good <laughs> of gravy, like you know, like a like red sauce with meat, and I've used um like a marble sized drop of the last dab for two, two and a half gallons of sauce, and it was still too spicy. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I can't wait for us to
4: all overdo it. Let's Yeah, let's definitely overdo it. <clears throat> uh, Luke, what is your Numero's. number two? My number two is Allman Brothers Live in the Film where yeah.
2: Fuck so, uh, yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah, just growing up, that was definitely, I don't even know who turned me on. Actually, my friend Dave, his dad, used to play it. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> and his... Uh, in his house, and I remember he also showed me Stevie Ray Vaughan and Government Mule. And mm. He was like, Oh, you gotta check out your own brothers. I was like, All right, dude, and kind of echo everything so you good, said more. Man. I mean, everything, all the blue scenes, I could obviously relate to, but I also remember thinking, like, there's something else going on here. Like, there's like, even in like, uh, well, Dreams isn't on there, but like Whipping Post, and just obviously that's in three, and then there's like a what the Times things for the Head is like. Hot Lana. on there too, right? Hot Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. yeah. So, just like all those kind of components, where I was kind of like, there's something, there's like a whole other world out there that they're kind of yeah. alluding to and like a seriousness in the tone of like the, what's it called? Uh, when you play a long outro. I forget what the word is. Uh, crescendo? I don't know. The outro. Play like when a tenor player like plays solo at the end of a cadenza. The cadenza like, like long cadenzas and shit like that I, I don't know it was just like something else is kind of going on here I love I sound like an idiot right I, now. no no you don't sound
2: <laughs> like, you, you, you can't sound any worse well, no, than I awesome. did after after a bottle of scotch <laughs> trying to defend my number why four why's I, why I but don't don't know, 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 like, <laughs> like like uh I that's a lot Jordan I love how like um and it's even like now the the Almer, recent Alma Brothers like Derek Trucks and 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 Warren Haynes they would do uh um whipping posts and in the second solo they would break it down to like space yeah you know and then like it would just t- kind of turn into a cadenza where literally the band is kind of just making noise and what I think it was Derek would just like lead it yeah you know what I mean and then it would out of that that. I always use this analogy, like a phoenix rising from the ashes. Oh Jesus! But out of, right? That's but, deep, bro. But out of but <laughs> but out of that, like it, it would rise That's into this, like fucking, again. and then the solo would like drop again. Yeah, yeah. yeah that it. shit's <laughs> so cool, and it's so organic. It's not like planned out. It just exactly just yeah. happens. You know, mm-hmm. like that shit's so amazing to me. And and we Jordan said this. Like, the Elmer brothers were way ahead of their time. Way ahead of their no time. No one was definitely. Doing in 71. You know what and, I mean?
0: and that's like fucking 71. Like That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, You know, like, the Grateful Dead were a thing in 71, but not like the Almond Brothers. And yeah. I'm a Grateful Dead f- fan right. to the max, but, like, the Almond Brothers, like, really, hold on, time out. No. no. Put some more fucking sauce in there.
2: <laughs> dude, I don't want to, like, ruin my night, dude. That's what that's This, what we're we're here this for. is the whole yeah. point, dude.
0: <laughs> Because we're gonna eat the wing and then we're gonna say our number ones. It's gonna be really interesting. <laughs> cool. You mean like it's gonna be like a phoenix really rising from the ashes? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a phoenix rising from you're my anus? I poop I was going
2: went way overboard on that. I'm line. not
3: going overboard. I refuse. There there that's a lot, Jordan. I know. I
2: might have Fair. to
0: do that.
3: All right, Mark. Give me. Your, give us your number two there. Uh, uh, my number Router. two has
2: already been said. Root down, Jimmy Smith.
3: See, there it is. We found it.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's not. I discovered like I I kind of discovered Jimmy Smith in college, and I I love I love all of his his jazz records are great, but that era of Jimmy Smith to me is like the best. Like root down, he had an album called Sit on It, which was which was uh, which is actually where the title of of the relay song came from. Sit on it, um, but like that like funk jam, super loose, you know. Jesus Christ. Yeah, me me and Luke are fucking doing this shit (laughs) right right over here. Sorry. No, you know it's fine. Anyway, everything's already been said. That that, that that era of Jimmy Smith was was for me. When did Sit On It come out?
4: After Root Down, I think. I've actually never heard that record.
2: I like that. It's on your notebook. Jimmy Smith was like experimenting with synths and and so it's not like it's not all straight up organ. It's like, kind of reminds me of a little bit of like some like Electric miles kind of shit. He gets kind of weird with it. Mm-hmm. But it's like it's like fat fucking like Grady Tate, I think, on drums. It's like a fat fucking funk beat and then like weird shit happened on top of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, but it it's, it's so good. In sit on it, you're saying. I've uh, sit on it. I'll have yeah, to yeah, check yeah. that out. Yeah. But um anyway. But root down, number two. Are we eating the swing or what? No, this morning? All right. So sauce
0: <coughs> number ten. Ugh, excuse me. Our final hot sauce is the last dab from Hot Ones, which is where this whole thing came from. Two million Scovels. Fuck. Yes. This is Pepper X and, and waiting, Chocolate bro. Pepper X. We put way too Dude, much you on. You now, bro.
2: <laughs> hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, before we uh, blow all our rectums out with that last bit of hot sauce on those chicken wings, Thought I'd read a couple of uh, top 20 lists of uh, the 1970s from some major sources like Rolling Stone. So you can kind of see how our list compares to those lists and see if we have some similarities. So here are the top 20 albums of all time according to Rolling Stone from the 1970s. Number 20 is uh, the Rolling Stones, Sticky Fingers. Number 19, Stevie Wonder's Songs in the Key of Life. We uh, definitely had that one. Um, Simon Garfunkel, Bridge Over Troubled Water Patti Smith, Horses Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon I think Rob and Jordan had that one on their list uh, Sex Pistols, Never mind the Bullocks Here's the Sex Pistols The Eagles, Hotel California Kind of surprised that one didn't make anyone, anyone's list um, Or did it Because we still have number one to do uh, Carol King, Tapestry David Bowie, Ziggy Stardust The Ramones, self-titled album Uh, Joni Mitchell's Blue Album. Number nine is The Who, Who's Next. Uh, No one had any Who albums. That's kind of surprising. Number eight, Fleetwood Mac, Rumors. Number seven, Stevie Wonder's Inner Visions, or as Luke thought, Inversions. I think I did too. Um, uh, John Lennon. John Lennon and the Plastic Ono Band. Uh, Bruce Springsteen, Born to Run. Bob Dylan, Blood on the Tracks. Number three, The Clash, London Calling. Number two, The Rolling Stones' Exile on Main Street. And the number one top album of the 1970s, according to Rolling Stone, was Marvin Gaye's What's Going On, which did make a couple of our lists. Uh, So that's pretty awesome. Now let's get back to that last hot sauce and our number one album of the 1970s. All right. Okay.
0: I've never no. eaten that much of it at once, actually. Watch your hands, watch your eyes.
3: All right, my number one, this is Rob Tate speaking, is Born to Run by Bruce Springsteen. Oh, there Yay, there there there. There. All right, look, you want to talk about perfect record? That album, from top to bottom, is a perfect record. Here's why. Each one of those tunes, if you imagine a city, each one of those stories is happening in a city at the same time. And they're not necessarily hitting each other like a, like getting involved with one another, but you can imagine each one of these stories, each one of these songs in the same environment or in the same area, Ooh. all happening around one another. And it's the the, the the songwriting's amazing, the characters are amazing, the band and like the orchestration and the arranging is amazing. And look, everything sets everything else up. It's perfect. It's a perfect song. The saxophone play on Jungle Land is the best solo, almost the best solo of all time because it's so impactful and it hits that
2: Clarence whatever his name? Well, Clarence Clements? Yes.
4: Big man. I can never remember his name. Can name. Mm. you get me one, Jordan? <laughs> can I have one too? What a track beer? is that, Mark? Rob?
3: Ooh, the Scovels are fucking you up, sir. <laughs> um, it's <sighs> Jungle Land. It's the last track on the album. But the whole at record, top to the bottom, it's only seven songs. <laughs> <laughs> it's epic. <laughs> cool. I'm just getting stared at by Mark Brown who can't handle how hot that.
2: Uh, well, you wing didn't even was. put it on your wing, bro. So I don't want to hear of
3: the wing. You part of the wing. No, it was on the regular
2: part of the wing. Oh, it. thank you very much. Man. Oh, thank, thank you. Thank you. Jesus, thank you.
3: Jesus, thank you. This I know.
2: All right. Somebody's got a Snickers bar. I'm stopping a Wawa on the way home and getting a fucking. I don't know. Anything. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Actually, it's still. The third
2: to last one got me the worst. Really? This is a Snickers ice cream bar. So here's the thing. This actually tastes really good. Like it's the really flavor, lemony. Yeah, the flavor's great. And it didn't... How hot it is didn't hit me till like, the last 30 seconds of Rob's spiel. And then it, then it like, fucking crushed me. I've never eaten that much of this sauce. I'm hurting. Whoa. Hey, well, we killed all the wings, guys. Good job. Who's up? Jordan, oh, number one. Uh, It it tasted good. It tasted good for like a good minute or two, and now it's like burning my face off. On the hot ones, when it hits people to go,
0: they put the sound effects in, they go, (laughs) (sighs) Um, go-goo. My number one. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (sighs) Roll Tide. Probably the most influential album of my life. Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon. Nine. It's a good one. Um, start to finish. There's nothing wrong with that album. I like... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it could be the best album of all time for me. It sonically and the, the musicianship like was not how good everyone was at their mus- their instrument. It was how good everyone played with each other creatively Yeah. and how they use technology in their favor as a band which not a lot of bands like did that the Beatles did that but like you know a decade before this album from beginning to end was really it's really just one song like Dark Side of the Moon isn't about eclipse and breathe and on the run and all this stuff to me Dark Side of the Moon is just a song like that whole sure. record is one yeah. song um, I smoked so much weed as like a young child before I should have even been smoking weed, like sitting in my bedroom at my parents' house, with my bedroom was like right next to my mom's room, <laughs> like fucking window open. <laughs> this turned up so loud, ripping bong hits.
2: You know what's all that Floyd stuff? Dark, good image. Especially,
0: I had really <laughs> long hair. <laughs> Dude, do you have dreads then, or no? Just, just uh, was pre-dreads. pre-dreads. Yeah,
2: like all that. All that Pink Floyd, like I first experienced uh, that album and some Rogers Roger Water stuff, like with like put some headphones on, like complete silence and just listen to the mixes. And yeah, now, like it's, it's insane, it's crazy. The stereo there's like, and there's left. like weird shit that you can't hear when you're just listening on a, a pair right, of sp- spe- nearfield headphones. speakers, but when you put headphones on, you hear crazy shit, dude. Yep, those records, th- like <clears throat> not not in my top ten, but. All of those records are, are such. Well, well.
0: <laughs> I'm not laughing. At you, I'm just dying. <laughs> I just saw. I
2: just saw Luke's face. <laughs> <laughs> he, like, he like gagged a little bit. Hey, what happens if someone throws up on the podcast? They, they lose. lose. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but, but like, like all of those records are like, like being. Like I, I majored in audio engineering, so like those. Albums, to me, are like a blueprint of how to how to record. I, yeah, a, a perfect record. Right. You know
0: what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I just couldn't imagine like tracking a record like that then.
2: Yeah. Oh, for sure. Well, any, anything back then, like it's so different now. Like, you just fly everything in the Pro Tools and go, right. You
0: know. And like you can record a song and be like, oh shit, what if we take that part out and we put this. Synth thing in instead, like no, like they had these ideas and these sounds, like and concepts in their head, and like that—that that alone is crazy to me. Yeah. And there's not anything wrong with this record, and they were all getting along at the point too. What year
4: cool. was it? <sighs> Seventy-three. Oh shit!
0: Wow. Three. Oh my god. Yeah, 1973. Really?
3: I didn't realize how early they came in the 70s.
0: Yeah, because oh, like after that comes metal, right? Wish You Were Here and all that stuff comes, you know, after that. But a lot of <coughs> a lot of their records came out in the 70s.
2: Hey, I'm a big fan of Dogs of War. You know, mm-hmm. too? I like that. I like why. Mm-hmm. It's like I love that album for that that song.
3: All right, Luke. All right, Luke. Laying
0: Struggle City. What's
2: number yeah, one? Number one, bro.
4: My one. To- <laughs> My number one is <laughs> is uh, Band of Gypsies, oh, live at Film East, Jimi dude. Hendrix. It was definitely what's that?
3: That came out before the Allman Brothers live at Film East or after?
4: Before. Well, they recorded it in New Year's 69 to 70, but it actually came out in the 70s. Okay. But um huge Hendrix fan I always have been and that was kind of like the seminal record. who so, uh, uh who knows <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, machine uh, uh, gun uh, changes. Uh, sorry.
0: <laughs> sorry, my face is like I'm sorry. I know. This is the hot sauce. Sorry, sorry. When you <laughs> listen back to
4: this, you're gonna be like, Oh my god <laughs> Changes, <laughs> which was a buddy Miles tune. Message of Love. I think it's it's another really loose brawl record and just shows the like creativity and uh forward thinking of Hendrix. So, like ahead of his time yeah. and just experimental with sounds and Totally uninhibited the whole time, and it's just like, "Who knows?" is like a blank canvas. But the whole, for me at least, the whole time, I'm super engaged, and it seems like they're really like in it and creating in the moment, like with a jazz mentality, like a rock with sure. a jazz mentality of spontaneous composition. And I think Hendrix is a master at that. That's yeah, why I love him.
2: Rob, Rob and I were just talking. Um, I had this idea of doing "Who knows?" "Who knows?" into a dust bowl. Oh, cool. Do like a jam on, and then, and then like take it into who knows. Well, whatever we'll talk about later. But like, (laughs) you should listen to that record because it's
4: awesome. I'll definitely check it out. A lot of people talk shit on Buddy Miles' drumming. Uh, Like Mitch Mitchell. Uh, I don't know like exactly what happened. I don't think they had a falling out. Well, Mitch Mitchell was the old drummer. Mm -hmm. Right. And then he got Buddy Miles, and Mitch Mitchell would always like call him like a cement mixer. (laughs) Why? Well, he like the whole time, it's just... Oh, because. Like, never moves and just, like, very. Mitch Mitchell not was super static. busy, though, too, wasn't he? Yeah. He was, like. Oh, yeah. yeah he used would, to call yeah. him, like.
0: I mean, if you think of the, like the drum line in, in Fire. Yeah. In drums, yeah. That's, like. Yeah. He
3: definitely came from that side of rock with, like, a lot of jazz chops, and it was way different. And I know Buddy Miles was very straight ahead, Groove Oriented. And I think both are valid.
4: Yeah,
0: absolutely. Expecting yeah, so you might,
4: time you time might really dig it, but I was actually, I always thought it was like revered as his best record. But doing this, I was looking it up and people thought it was like his most lackluster record. That really? Rec- yeah. Wow. I was like, I thought maybe, well, that was just all music. Dude, so them maybe changes
2: it, on there too, right? Them yeah. changes. And, That's dude, a Buddy
4: Miles dude.
2: I love it. I record, think man. he got a
4: lot of shit for being like an all black band. And I think that was like a large, uh, a big move in his career because he was like mainstream. I mean, the media
3: went against him because he had an all black band
4: or do you think that? Yeah. I think people, well, yeah, I've heard that people kind of like, it was just a big move to have an all black band back then, I guess. And And then he was popular by them. That's what I'm saying. Before it was him, Noel Redding and Mitch Mitchell. And Uh now it was him, Billy Cox, his old army friend and buddy miles. And that was Mm -hmm. like a huge move. And I think some people didn't, didn't like it didn't like that and then he went after that he went back to him uh billy cox and mitch mitchell for like uh festivals and stuff that year before he died mm. but it's interesting to hear different iterations of the band but mm. yeah this is definitely the it's a great minor,
1: it's a great record man. yeah machine gun is like a it's magnus it's opus it's like, it's yeah
4: for sure fish covers that
2: really Dude, co- Fish oh, covers everything, dude. Dude, I
4: would love to hear that. I can't even imagine what that would I can't even imagine what that would sound like. Fish are like The Simpsons. Fish did it.
2: Fish covered it. Yeah.
3: All right, Mark Brown, what's your number one?
2: My number one. Leonard Leonard Skinner, Skinner Street Survivors. <laughs> 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 so this album came out October seventeenth, uh, nineteen seventy seven. Three days later, the plane crash happened. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. So, wow. so, the record was recorded over the summer over th- of that year, and it was the first studio album with Steve Gaines, who I mentioned in the, the live album. Um, and the, he actually contributed to the writing. He actually sang on the record. It totally changed the, the vibe of the band. They were sounding much better. It, and... You know when when like you know, when you're in a band and like you get com- comfortable like things are going well and you get comfortable and then like a guy comes in who's like clearly better than you like everyone else started playing better and the sure, it's, yeah. the band stepped up they sounded so much better the songwriting had gotten better it has it has it's like that smell um, you got that right uh, I know a little uh, which is which is a classic guitar tune. It's like that Ren and Stimpy. Yeah, but you're saying
3: that um, you got that right. Came out three days before they cra- the plane crashed. That's n- that's insane. Mm-hmm. That's amazing.
2: Yeah. So, well, so here's here's the craziest part about this record. The album cover has the band engulfed in flames. Oh, right. That's right. Yeah. So, so they they know. pulled that from shelves. So now this album is rare. Uh, when you find it, it's just a black cover with, with them on the, without the flames on it now why because they thought it was distasteful yeah or? because of the plane crash but it was still before but they didn't know yeah, they didn't yeah. know they, like it's kind of like weird that they released it's a weird element like yeah. three days later the plane like it, it was on shelves and three days later the plane crash so crashed. how many of them died in the plane crash again? uh ronnie van zandt steve Gaines, were the only two full-time band members and then steve Gaines' sister cassie Gaines, was a backup singer she died too so, so three of them. So three plus the, their tour manager and the, the pilot and co pilot. Damn. So, wow. yeah. what, what was the co- cause? The credit. Uh, so, it's kind of a long. Well, so <laughs> I'm glad you asked, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> Get a beer. Actually, never mind. So basically, what happened was they had a manager that was all about like money, and he was like, "We gotta make money. We gotta play." They were doing 200 plus shows a year. And they had a show. They were going from I think Greenville, Mississippi to um, Baton Rouge. Or Greenville. What, what's it? Greenville. Greenville. One or the other. They were going from or to Baton Rouge, and uh, they had some engine trouble going the night before. And they were like, "Well, let's 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 cancel one show, fix it." And we'll do it. and and their manager was like, "No, no, we we we're at oh, least money. We okay. can't cancel the show. Let's just do it." Well, we we'll, we've got a week off coming up. Let's let's play one more show and then we'll take the week off and then we'll fix it. And they what happened was they had engine failure which led to them the pilots had to ditch their fuel to so they ran out of fuel basically. And they had a, they had a crash they were crash landing. And they were coming over a field and the pilots made one mistake. They put the landing gear down too soon and the landing gear clipped the trees. And so what happened was the plane went like this. Like right right oh. into the trees because the landing gear hit the trees too early. So they almost made it. And then what happened, and the plane broke in half. And anyone who was in the front of the plane died. And anyone who was in the back lived.
4: Dude, oh my God. So,
2: so and and the story goes, that Ronnie Van Zant, they had, they had played the night before. They had all partied. And Ronnie Van Zant was hungover. And he's like, I just got to sleep. I don't feel well. We got a show tonight. He took a bunch of sleeping pills. And they couldn't wake him up. So, by the t- and so they were like, well, let's go, man. And he, they couldn't wake him up. And, and by the time everyone got to the back of the plane, it crashed and he he was thrown from the plane. Holy Not to shit. be a total downer, yeah, sorry. Thanks a lot, dude. Oh, you asked, bro. You know. <laughs> but anyway, watch the documentary watch, on. Yeah.
0: On uh, was it on? Is it on Netflix or it's Amazon. It's Amazon? Amazon. The the Dollar. Watch it. Right now.
2: It's, it's a really good documentary. It's fucking it's good. Tonight. But uh, but anyway, that that album it has a lot of, a lot of their classic hits that you hear on the radio today, um, and it it showcases. It was like it started to showcase the, like a different. The band was taking a different direction, and it was like they were like. 10 times better than the Freebird Sweet Home Alabama days. Like, they were like a much more refined, solid band. Tom Dowd produced that record, who produced the Alma Brothers. And, yeah, sure. And, and uh, anyway, it was a great record. So, and, and I grew up listening to that record, so that's my number one, bro. Solid number one. We did it. We did it, guys. How's, anyway. how's everyone's face feel? I'm, I'm, I'm
0: pretty good now. I'm good now. My lips are like nummy, kind of chapped.
3: I feel a little vibration in my our lips are red. <laughs> anyway, you have listened to the top ten of the 1970s with Relay. Stay tuned for the 1980s coming out soon. Peace.